Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday, coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Kim Berry, Tom Peavy, and our buddy Smitty Grider from Hometown Lenders on the Plains hanging out with us. We hope that everyone had a great weekend. Busy show planned for you on this Monday. Let's dive right in. Kim, how are you? Great, great. Watched the NBA basketball last night. Watched the watched uh, the Western and Eastern Conference. Uh, playoffs and finals kind of finally conclude and uh, see who's going to be in it. Uh, Boston just outplayed Milwaukee, an injured Milwaukee team, un- unfortunately. So we're not going to really know exactly how that would have played out if Chris Middleton had been playing. But um, still a great series overall. Two great Game 7s. Um, well, I say great Game 7s. Great that they got two Game 7, but it ended up being a blowout. Um especially for the Mavericks and Suns. I mean, I was extremely surprised by that by that game. I mean, beating beating the Suns by 33 the the Dallas Mavericks did. That was absolutely insane. I was completely mind blown. Um but yeah, watching Luka go crazy and absolutely obliterate um the Suns defense and seeing Chris Paul, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton struggle overall as a whole was completely surprising. But yeah, an absolutely great um Great day, and I'm doing really, really well. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back here on the show. Uh, was not able to be here last Monday, and then we didn't have a show Wednesday, so uh, I, I feel like I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's but been I, a minute. Yeah, but I, I, I'm doing great. Yeah, some great sports that were going on. Uh, Auburn with a, uh, I guess you can call it a sweep. They won the two games that were played. Yeah, I was uh, about to delay because yeah. I think we would have gotten the actual I, and, and I And I hate that rule. I, I don't know why that rule's in place that they have to start by 7 o'clock. It's not like Alabama had to travel very far. Right. It's not so, like anybody uh, was waiting or anything. Yeah. But it's still a sweep. Auburn won the two games that were there. So, technically, it's a sweep. Uh, you would have liked to have seen the third game go. Uh, to catch everybody up to speed on the weekend there, we're saying Auburn won the first two games. Right. Yesterday, game three of the series, they made a, a TV decision to start the game later at 3 o'clock. It's the latest Sunday start that Auburn has had all season long, mm. three hours later than most starts every single Sunday. Right. And due to lightning and rain in the area, they had to go into a weather delay, and then the delay was taking them past the 7 o'clock hour on a getaway day, meaning the final day of the series. The SEC has a, le- a rule in place that a game cannot be restarted after the fact. It's ruled a no, no contest, despite the fact that Auburn had bases loaded in the fifth mm. in a tie one-to-one game, and despite the fact that Alabama – bust to Auburn. Getaway day rules are important right. in case teams are trying to catch flights back to their home 
location, wherever it may be. But Alabama was just on a bus here from Tuscaloosa, right. so it is a silly rule that's in place. But just if people were confused, what are they talking about? That the rules that yeah. were in place there—that's the situation right. that transpired. So, uh, but but Auburn wins the first two games. Uh, yeah, you had a light bases loaded with one out, and Brody Moore at the plate, one of your hottest hitters. Uh, you know, you really kind of like the position that you're in, but. You know, you can't change it now. Auburn won the first two. That's what matters. Uh, talking about pro sports, one game that uh, around the South nobody really talks about, but in the NHL, oh. uh, game seven with the New York Rangers yeah. uh, winning winning that one in Madison Square Garden. And for anybody that doesn't really follow pro sports, New York fan base uh, are kind of like we are with college football down yeah. here. And especially when you're in an iconic venue like Madison Square Garden and a team that is so beloved in New York City like the Rangers, for them to win in over sudden death overtime in Game 7, to have Madison Square Garden go off the way that it did, it, it's just, it's one of those very iconic sports venues, sports fan bases. I know we don't talk a lot about hockey around here, but I, I mean that was Bill Bailey's a, a grinning huge, huge moment. This is this is Bill Bailey's moment that there he he go. was ready for this. With the, I, I, I would say also I don't know that he's necessarily a Rangers fan, right? But just the fact that hockey, hockey. is the discussion. Bill yeah. Bailey, a big Flyers fan, but um, Gary Bettman has to be the most thrilled individual out of anybody. Who the hell is Gary? Bettman? Bettman, you might be asking. That is the commissioner of the National Hockey League. And in their opening round of the playoffs, you've got eight first-round series, and five of the eight went the distance, went all the way to a Game 7, which, one, is surprising because, keep in mind, you've got a lot of or two different one-seeds playing eight seeds, so you don't think you're going to have as many series go the distance, and yet five of the eight did. So, a really exciting time of year with postseason taking place. A lot of people watching sports over the weekend. A lot of people just enjoying some time off, getting into the summer, and uh, enjoying time with family and that sort of thing, having relaxing weekends. Smitty Grider also here with us. Smitty, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, missed y'all the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, a week away uh, from you as well. Got a Got a new new little side gig I've got going. I wasn't <laughs> able to come. I'm I'm serving as the defensive coordinator at Lee Scott Academy. So uh, we were going through spring training the last two weeks, and so I wasn't able to come the the last two Mondays. Tom, we can't keep this guy away from football. You know, hey, when it's, when it's in your blood like that, <laughs> yeah. awesome. well, just got to get my fix. <laughs> yeah. now, who, who is head coaching at least? Buster Scott? Daniel is. Buster Daniel. Okay, mm-hmm. see, I remember Buster. From being an assistant at Opelika High School when I was working for the OA News, he he was an assistant under Spence McCracken for all those That's years. That's where so. Buster and I met. Uh, okay. We were both on the first staff there in '95, and uh, he stayed there a little bit longer than I did. And then he went to Valley as a head coach and uh, retired, and now at Lee Scott, and he's done a great job in uh, two years turning that thing around. And uh, you know, we we've got a good little bunch. I think we got a chance to make a little noise in, in AI in the AISA league this year. Not to date anybody, but I came into the world in 1995, <laughs> and Cam here wasn't even thought of in 1995 when you got started. So you're there saying I'm old? <laughs> That's what you're well, saying. Well, Tom was Tom was also. I, 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 gra- I graduated high school in '95. Our thing on the show is to remind Tom that he's much older than us, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's that. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. If you would like to call in and be a part of our program here on this Monday, a lot to catch up on in the wide world of college athletics and your phone calls are always welcome as well let's go to the phone lines guys for the first time during today's program and joining us now 
on the program. Give us a call. We'll check in with our good buddy, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into today's show to say hello to us. Hi there, Matt. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Bama. Hey, Bama. Go the hell out of Bama. <laughs> there you go. We beat him twice. We beat him twice. Hey, Cam. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Uh, you keeping Tom straight? Yeah, for sure. Hi, Tom. Hello, what's up? Hey, did, hey, hey Tom and Cam, did, you, did JJ tell you what I told him? No, he didn't. I, I, have not, I have not heard that. I got two firsts and a third. Oh, okay. Yeah, really right. good performance for you at the Special Olympics, man. You did very well. That's awesome. Hey, what's, the other, what's the other guys you guys have on there? His name is Smitty. Hey, Smitty, what's up? Not much. How are you doing? I'm sore. You're sore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've been working hard. You've been winning all those medals. Well, that, they were medals. They were ribbons. Oh, ribbons. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Spencer, I, I got a question for you, man. Go ahead. Let's ask these questions. Well, hey, uh, Spencer, what, uh, so what, how do you think Auburn's going to do this year and probably football? Yeah, uh, football? Smitty, Matt, and I'll ask him. Matt, hey. So what do you think about this Auburn football team this time of year getting ready for the 2022 college football season, I, Smitty? You know, I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. Uh, I, you know, I know they, they uh, were – the coaches were pleased with how spring went and how it ended and where the – team is headed so it just remains to be seen i i'm concerned about them from a talent standpoint i think they've had a little bit of a drain on the talent but uh i think the team chemistry is going to be much better this year and uh i think you can win a lot of games through uh playing together so hopefully uh they'll they'll be ready to go in the fall well hey uh cam yeah. uh, this is a question for you and tom and jj what do you guys think about the uh, Auburn inspecting some pair of transfer visitors uh, this week, and then also want to know about the, uh, the I think it's Iowa State player that's um, going to come to Auburn. Yeah, and safety then, coming over for the secondary. Yeah, and then like uh, some some about here about Steve Per around the most. Uh, assistant, what do you guys think about that? A lot of different questions there, so we'll kind of sum this up right now. In terms of visitors coming to campus, we don't have a full rundown of it. I will say it's the busiest time of year uh, in that recruiting regard because teams have exited spring practice, the semesters have ended academically as well, and we're on the verge of camp season where players can come on campus and participate in camps and add. it's a four-week period before they go into a recruiting dead period so we're about to see a lot of visitors not as many commitments likely this time of year at the high school level uh, but uh, it's definitely about to peak up pick up I should say so we're not going to see as many specifics and uh, yeah we'll go with that what do you guys think about the Steve Pearl earns um, most independent assistant yeah, there, people are recognizing how well he's done on the staff. Obviously, you're learning from your father. Stephen Pearl has grown up around basketball. His dad has been a coach at the highest of levels. I, I mean, you're around sports all the time. I can only imagine the value, Smitty, that you've got when, when your pops is the head coach. Then you get to play for him at Tennessee as a basketball player and then coach with him. Yeah, you know, as as players, uh, when any time as when I was a head coach, I had a coach's son as a player. 
Uh, you always knew they were going to be better prepared for the game. Whether they were as talented or not, they were going to be prepared. Uh, it was like having a coach on the field a lot of times. And with him having the opportunity to, to get on the bench beside his dad and be a coach, uh, I think that's a tremendous opportunity for him, uh, you know, to, to build his resume and his career. Well, hey, man, hey, man, what do you think about the Auburn softball? What regional do you think they'll be in for so Auburn? we're going to the Clemson Regional. I'll be headed there a little bit later this week, Matt, and you'll be able to listen to Britt Bowen and I call those games. Uh, they're taking on Louisiana. Jerry Glasgow is the head coach at Louisiana. That was Mickey Dean's first hitting coach that he ever hired at Auburn University, but they never got a chance to work together. Because after the hire was made, Glasgow got the head coaching job at Louisiana, and he's done a good job with that program. So postseason well, hey, uh, softball is here. Well, hey, I was going to do this on the trivia, and then um, I was going to ask like uh, Cam and the the one I was talking to a minute ago, Smitty, what, uh, Smitty, yeah, Cam and Smitty and um, Tom. What do you guys think that the Auburn baseball host a regional? And also a super regional. What do you think about the baseball team? Uh, right now, the baseball's in a really good position to host a regional. Now, super regional, I don't know, but they're definitely in position. If they can take care of business uh, this upcoming weekend, they're in good position to be able to host a regional. So, so who's pitching tomorrow night for Auburn against uh, Sanford? Still to be determined. Yeah, we'll get a pitching it. breakdown a little bit later. Kevin Ives will join us uh, in about an hour from now on this Monday okay. edition of the program. And, and Matt, hey, we're getting up against a break, so we're not going to be able to do trivia today, but I'll let you show well, hey, Smitty your what? cheer. I'll let you hey, show him your cheer, Smitty, but you got to get to Smitty. it. Hey, Smitty, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> Give it to Cam, me. Cam, you ready? Yep. I'm ready. And everybody's ready. Here we go. Five, Five four, four three, three, two, two, one. one. Whoa. Eagle. Eagle. Hey. Hey. Beat Bama hey. 60, 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Booyah. Bama, we're coming to your field. That's Booyah. right. That's right. Hey. All right. We'll talk War to you Eagle. next week. And War Eagle. And I'll tell you guys next month. All right, that's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program. So much passion for you on your Monday yeah, he here. And uh, uh, look, he says beat Bama at the end of the cheer every single time. And Auburn did beat Bama. They beat them twice in baseball over the weekend. Tigers take the first two games of the series, the only two games of that series. They play Sanford tomorrow in a three-game series with Kentucky to wrap up the regular season at the end of this week. All right, we've got our first break of the show. We're back with more Sports Call right after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Monday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and our buddy Smitty Grider, hometown lenders on the plains, hanging out with us. Look, you uh, had been away for a week. 
because football season is right around the corner. You're the coach. You got the itch. You can't stay away from it. But you're also in the hometown lenders game. What's going on this time of year with you guys? Well, this is a busy time. Uh, a lot of people moving this time of year. Uh, they like to get this. This is the the time because you know schools getting out. Uh, they want to get moved into their new home before the the fall and the next school year, so their kids can get uh, moved and acclimated. So it's a busy time. A lot a lot of houses being sold in the Lee County Auburn Opelika area right now. Um, rates are hanging steady in the low to mid fives. The the they haven't moved a whole lot in the last few weeks, so we're hoping with the inflation, when inflation's up, rates tend to be down, uh, believe it or not. So, um, we're you know, the Fed raising the rate won't have the effect that a lot of people think it does. Um, the only way that'll affect us is if the Fed sells off a lot of mortgage bonds, and they haven't done that yet. So, uh, we're hanging steady. It's really kind of a sweet spot uh, right now, if you, if, you know, the... Housing price, the market's really tight here in Auburn, really nationwide. Uh, but the the value, home values continue to go up. So if you purchase now, you're, you're just going to gain value. And if the rates ever do drop out like they did before and go back down in the twos, then you're in a great spot to refinance. So. Let's, get, let's get some info here. Hometownlendersontheplains.com, 1943 South College Street. We were driving by the other day. There's now a sign out front. Everything's getting set up. The office is looking great. And, uh, boy, I tell you, Hometown Lenders gives me 85 million different phone numbers to choose <laughs> from but the best one let's try this one three three four three three two one two eight seven that's the one you want to call that's a good one three three four three three two one two eight seven let our buddies at hometown lenders hook you up all right it's may 16th 2022 we do it every single sports call show let's celebrate some birthdays it's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today. Let's run right through it. Happy birthday to Terrence Davis, who's turning 25 years old, a current shooting guard for the Sacramento Kings. He went undrafted in the 2019 NBA draft, but worked to earn a spot on the Toronto Raptors roster before landing with the Kings. A 2020 NBA All-Rookie second team. He played college basketball at Ole Miss, where he made second team All-SEC in 2019. Terrence Davis is turning 25. Gardner Minshew is turning 26 years old. A current backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles selected in the sixth round of the 2019 NFL Draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Washington State. He was the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Minshew Mania is a phenomenon every time he starts a game. Fans love his, uh, what is it, a goatee, his mustache, whatever Minshew's always trying to work with. Yeah, and, some kind of mustache. Uh, oh, yeah. The great quarterback for, for Mike Leach during the Washington State days. He's currently the backup to Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Happy birthday today. Here's a good one. John Sally. John Sally is turning 58 years old, a former NBA player from uh, selected 11th overall in the 1986 NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons out of Georgia Tech. He also played for the Heat, Raptors, Bulls, and Lakers, four-time NBA champion. Four championship rings for John Sally. His number 22 jersey retired by Georgia Tech, and uh, he was a 1980. 86 All-American in college basketball. 
fun Pistons teams that John Sally was a part of. He was on the Bad Boys team. No so. kidding. I hated him back then. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've gotten to like him. He's done a little acting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so. Uh, 58 think, years old uh, now. Yeah. Well, join the club. Jack Morris is turning 67, a former MLB pitcher who played for the Tigers, Twins, Blue Jays, and Indians. Five-time All-Star, also a four-time World Series champion in the 1991 World Series MVP. Two-time MLB wins leader, 1983 American League strikeout leader, had his jersey number 47 retired by the Tigers and inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2018. Jack Morris took a World Series away from the Atlanta Braves, uh, but uh, four of them, four-time World Series winner, as a starting pitcher. Had a lot of champs today. Yeah. Our birthdays in sports. Between Gardner Minshew, Jack Morris, John Sally, and Terrence Davis all celebrating their birthdays today. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 If you would like to call in and be a part of our program, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now on the show... James from Montgomery. James has called into today's program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, buddy. Yeah, well, the first thing I'm going to start off to break the ice, did y'all hear about uh, Drew Brees actually making a return to the NFL season uh, this coming up uh, season? Yeah, he's having a whole lot of fun on the Internet. I think he he might be trying to troll some people. I don't know how serious it is, all the jabs that he's taking place and that sort of thing. But uh, his Saints are making a lot of good offseason moves. So if he decides to come back, we'll see what that looks like. But I don't think he will. Well, he's not, he's not going to be in the TV booth. That's that's for one thing. Uh, he got like, he left the TV gig. So now he's open to come back if he wants to. But there's nothing that's been made official of it other than he's not going to be in the TV booth. Yeah, because, I mean, if he, if he do come back to the NFL, I don't know how that's going to fit with, uh, you know, Jameis Winston with the New Orleans Saints. But I don't know. I mean, it could be a possibility that Drew Brees might probably come back and take the Saints to another Super Bowl. I'm just throwing it out there. Could be. He didn't play well his last few seasons. I mean, his body's uh, definitely getting older and uh, wasn't throwing the ball as effectively down the field. So I don't know that any teams are going to be jumping the gun to, to try and get this Drew Brees. He's definitely an all-time great. That's not going to change. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see what his next moves in life are. Yes, as well. So I'm gonna just probably see if that if that uh, if that statement is true with Drew Brees and seeing if he might make a comeback in the NFL as well. But I've been hearing a lot on ESPN about Deshaun Watson actually doing the off uh, the off season training camp in the Bahamas, and I mean you know with with the workouts the OCA workouts over there in in the Bahamas. I mean, it's it's a give and take on um, on Watson's uh, career when he comes into the league when they actually start uh, week one with the Cleveland Browns. But I mean, with all the allegations that I heard over over the week between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 
I'll just have to say it's a no for me as a as a Dallas Cowboys fan to see Deshaun Watson actually playing with the Cleveland Browns as well. Yeah, again, remember these are all allegations. Everything's been kind of denied and, and put away in court so far uh, with Watson. The NFL is just yet to make their decision. The Browns are going to play the Carolina Panthers, my team, in week one. And so uh, it will be an interesting question to see who's under center for that first game of the season for Cleveland. Yes, that's all because um, that will be week one. So I will have to say with that game, I'll probably pick the Carolina Panthers to actually beat uh, the Cleveland Browns at home. Uh, I'll take Carolina. it. So, so that will be that will be y'all's first win off of off of the 2022 schedule as well. And I'm gonna probably see if I could. Uh, draft some guys from my fantasy league from the Carolina Panthers. I'm not quite sure if I want to draft like some of the veteran players or maybe some of the new draftees that just came in into the league as well. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey's always a high pick in, in fantasy football, but whether or not he could stay healthy always remains to be the question because he's certainly been injured. Yes, as well. And then with the NBA playoff finals, um, I am very excited to see my Dallas Mavericks uh, last night actually beating the Phoenix Suns. They got the win, buddy. Yes, 112 to 90. And I think with this being said, out of the Western Conference uh, Finals, I'll probably see um, I'll probably see Miami and Dallas actually playing in the finals as well. But I'm not quite sure how uh, Boston is actually going to going to do an upset to uh, take uh, week game one in tomorrow's game against Miami. So yeah. I think Boston, I think Boston would win uh, game one as well. Celtics and Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, Mavericks and Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And if you think the Mavs and Heat could play in the finals, we've seen that matchup before. In 2006, they played for the championship and the Heat won that series in 2011. They did it all over again and the Mavs won that time. So uh, we shall see, but we know that you're grinning ear to ear uh, about your Dallas Mavericks. Unfortunately, game seven for your Dallas Stars didn't go as well, James. Yes, it really didn't go as well because um, we were trying to hold off in the in the final overtime uh, in Game Seven last night, but it just it, it was like a kind of it was like a give and take on on my Dallas Stars, but I just feel like maybe I'm not going to say this was in our year to actually win. But maybe in 2023 and beyond, I think we might as well uh, get some better better qualifications and better players next year. That would help. I mean, uh, you lost to the Flames yesterday, and we'll see if you can run it back next season. So uh, a busy day for Dallas sports yesterday with all the Game 7s that they had going on. Yes, as well. And then with my Dallas Wings, we did not uh, – I think we did win, but I'm not quite sure – how we're going to do uh, tomorrow. We do play at home. We actually play the Washington Mystics at home, so I'm going to just see uh, if we're going to win uh, that game tomorrow as well. Yeah, we'll see how that looks. I mean, it's early in the WNBA season, so uh, just saw opening night a week ago, so we've got a lot of, of basketball to be watching there. Tell us one more thing that's on your mind today, James. Well, I'm actually going to be watching the NBA uh, draft lottery and seeing if uh, some players from Auburn would be uh, drafted 
and tomorrow night uh, NBA uh, lottery uh, draft as well. Yeah, no so players looking... will be drafted tomorrow. The lottery is just to determine the order. The, we'll, we'll know the order of what teams are selecting when, uh, but the players won't be drafted until the end of June. Yeah, so if, well, with the NBA um, finals, I'll have my four finalists, if they were actually drafted, if they were in the draft tomorrow, these will be my four finalists uh, for the conference final uh, draft lottery. Um, I would have to say at number four, I will put at number four, I'll put Steph Curry because he just went back to college uh, this past weekend. He went back to college and uh, he just graduated from his uh, university as well. So I'll put him at number four. I will put and number three, oh, so many great guys there in the NBA Finals. Um, I'll have to say, I'll put at number three, I will put, uh, I think I'll put Butler at number three from the Miami Heat. Okay. And at number two, I will have to put uh, let's see who's that number two from the Boston Celtics. I'll put Green from the Boston Celtics. I don't know if they have a Green. They've got a Jalen Brown. Yeah, I'll put. Well, yeah, Jalen Brown. I'll put him at number three, and uh, probably say at number two, I will put. Uh, from the Miami Heat, I would actually have to put somebody that's really good off of that Eastern Finals team. Uh, let's see, who can I put at number two? I would have to say, um, I don't know anybody that's really good from the Miami Heat that I'll put in that two spot as well. Yeah, uh, we, we've had a number two. You said Jimmy Butler for the Heat. And I, I don't know what draft you're doing right now, James, but uh, it, no, no. It, it's... No, this is actually for the conference final uh, draft. Okay, yeah. Most most people don't draft the conference finals. They just kind of predict well, who they think is going to win the series. But let's keep going. So who's number one? At number one, I'll probably get a drum roll for this one. Okay. I would have to say my favorite player for my Dallas Luka. Luka Doncic. All right, very good. Yes. So he is really good, and I hope that we would win uh, the Western Conference Finals because he's really doing a really, really good thing uh, off the court as well. Um, I. Uh, yesterday, before uh, last night, before they did the uh, game, he actually was. Uh, they were talking with him about a uh, certain issue that he had with one of the fans that's been a Dallas Maverick fan for so many, many years. And I love, I love all the good work that he's done off the court. You know, signing jerseys, signing his shoes, and. I'll probably, you know, I would like to get some kind of, you know, some kind of, you know, jersey signing from Luca or maybe his iconic sneakers that he played on the court as well, just to, you know, keep that as well. That'd be really cool if you were able to get a gift like that. 
Yes, as well. So um, I won't have I won't do any trivia today, but I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. What well. subject do you want tomorrow? Um, let's see. I will probably say with the SEC tournament. I'll probably do the SEC tournament uh, uh, softball trivia. Let's do well. it. Let's do it. We'll set it up for you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Okay. All right, sounds good and War Eagle. War Eagle indeed. That's our buddy James from Montgomery, and he's joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Next break here on today's show. When we come back, let's talk a little ball and uh, take more of your phone calls. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're back. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry, and our buddy, Coach Smitty Grider, hanging out with us here to open the show, taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401, or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 to be a part of the program as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line now, and joining us, Ward Dam Steve. My good friend, retired Ward Dam Steve, has called into the show. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, and I'm right now. I'm madder than a wet hen. All right, tell Uh-oh. us why you're so upset. This stupid nonsense of not having a baseball game go past seven o'clock—they don't do it for basketball, do they? You're right. They do not do that. And they don't do it for football, do they? Uh, correct. Okay. So how did this little piece of nonsense get approved? I. I, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, the only thing that I could possibly think of is that this maybe it's a rule that dates back to when there were very few night games in baseball, and, and maybe it was set as like a thing to try to get the games in before daylight, and so after seven you can't do that because it would get dark. That's the only thing I could think of. That's and the I only know, reason I, know I could get away travel to, schedules well, have yeah. been involved, but I, again, it's it's 2022. You would think a lot of yeah. these things have been resolved well, and figured out. Away, I'll tell you whose getaway travel schedule was impacted, according to Jason Caldwell. It was the damn umpires. Okay. The officials. Had to get away. They probably had, they had to get away, yeah. Uh, because, you know, I was... Back, uh, was it 2000? I forgot uh, when I was at the uh, torrential pour down. Uh, we were playing West Virginia and the lighting, everything. They delayed the game when it finally cleared. We went back in there. Yeah, Smitty, okay, you were there so, too, you're saying. Yeah, I was at that game. I, me and my wife sat out there in the rain the whole time. We never left. And Man. all the people were crowded in the uh, under the, the uh, walkways and everything. Exactly, I was there. It, but what that, amazed me about that is the field looked like it had about six inches of water sitting on it, and when it stopped raining, that water went away, yeah. and they played like it never rained at all. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, we were there. I enjoyed it. But let me ask you guys, 
uh, who is in charge? Because from what I remember from Jason Caldwell, because he had a big article on it, that decision was made by Auburn. Well, one that's thing, if, if it, the, the the officials, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I think that's probably look. Those guys are not full time officials. They've got regular jobs. They've got to get back to on Mondays, and so you know, I, I can see where that could come into play. But when it's a conference game like that, that could affect the standings in the conference. You know, I think they need to find a way to play it. Okay, so can that be changed, guys? Who who can change it? Uh, they come from the SEC, so I mean, I'm sure that there will be uh, some discussion that takes place at the end of this season, and uh, I would imagine that, that that rule could possibly be changed at, at some point. And I'd love to know uh, what scientific evidence was it based on for this eight mile, you know, radius. Oh, that's uh, that's common. The, yeah. the lightning. Why eight miles? Why not? 10 miles, five miles. What's it based on? Well, it I, used to be 10 miles. They shortened it up to yeah. eight. That's a, that's good. I, I, I think that it has to do – I'm sure there's been many meteorologists <laughs> – Meteorologist. Meteorologist. <laughs> Making words. Many James fans have been talked to and have said that the danger threshold for lightning strikes is in such and such mile. And so I think they said at first, like, like right, as Smitty said, it used to be 10. And I think some of these weather experts are like, 10 mm, a little bit, you know, if they're about eight miles away, then you're in good shape. But anything inside of eight miles, you're in danger of being struck. And so that's more what they go Steve, with. Steve, trust me, I've dealt with that as a coach. Yeah. Uh, the, the trainers are always standing out there next to me when it's looking bad weather because I don't want to come in. I want to stay out there and get practice in. Coach, okay, we got one, you know, six miles away. I said, well, when I can hear it, then we'll go in. Uh, but you know, and, and the officials at ball games and in, in high school football games, if they see lightning, they're then, then they're, you're going to shut it down for at least 30 minutes. Okay. Well, I want to belabor this, but I mean, I appreciate the need for safety, but they couldn't extend it past. Oh, how about, hey, what happened to Monday? Correct. Now, school's out of session. Like that, that, that is the weird thing for a lot of people right. is that academically both universities are not in session right now. So there's not school that needs to be back and, and why they couldn't stay another day. I don't know if it's just a matter of then Alabama's got to find another place to stay because they were planning to travel back to Tuscaloosa. Uh, clearly they would have had an option to stay somewhere, but I would imagine there were just a lot of decisions that needed to be made, and, and that's the rule as it is now. Well, you know, Motel 6 does say keep the light, and we keep the light on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, how about a war damn eagle to Mr. Stephen Pearl, who's one of 50 people, apparently, according to this uh, uh, ranking, uh, most impactful assistant coaches in the country. Is that right? Yes. Yep. He, he earned it. Uh, the guy is, I think, an invaluable asset uh, to, to our program. All right, moving on, guys, to golf. Men's golf, we are tied right now for third place uh, in the, uh, uh, I guess, the semifinals. That's what this is? Yeah, you've got, you've got the most up-to-date update for us, Steve. So, so you were tied for third place. Okay. Oklahoma's number one. They're minus 11 or 11 under par. South Carolina, I didn't know this was good. They're 10 under par. Auburn and Utah are tied for third place with eight under par. All right. And then Texas no Miss. So uh, this continues until the... 18th, is that right? Yes. And then only the top four actually get to go to the finals. Is that correct? Correct. 
Okay. All right. Well, it looks like uh, we're putting up a good fight. All right. And uh, moving on, guys. This well, struck me as, wow, he really said this. And I'm talking about Mr. Green, our AD, Mr. Alan Green. Okay. Yep. Apparently, he says here, uh, according to Nathan King, um, in a, I guess, on a show, show with uh, Mr. Paul Slimebaum, he absolutely, quotes wants to stay at Auburn. Now, what I couldn't figure out is, you know, because, you know, Paul loves to uh, get jabs at Auburn, right? How come he didn't ask this question? Hey, if that is really your honest and sincere uh, thoughts and feelings about Auburn, would you explain to the audience how come you had uh, many or numerous uh, interviews with other programs? That would make sense to at least ask the question, yeah. Maybe I'm cynical here, but, you know, it was reported by Philip Marshall. It's been well reported that there have been some interviews at other schools, yeah. So if you really, really want to stay at Auburn, well, then what were all those other interviews about, guys? Right. Right. Obviously, we can't answer those questions. Only Alan Green can answer them for himself. Well, I mean, am I being cynical, guys, or do you see my my skepticism here? You can connect about, the dots for sure, but I do think it's it's good to at least have him say that for now. Well, you know, you can walk the walk. But I want to see you talk the talk. Yeah, and, and look, it, it, those reporters that cover Auburn do such a great job. They've got uh, access to um, the uh, Freedom of Information Acts so that they can look at contracts and that sort of thing and see employment status. And so they'll get a better idea of a new contract once it's presented to Alan Green, if there is one, and then we'll really get a better idea of, of what that future might look like. And, you know, as, as much as he's a pot stirrer, I still can't believe this one. How come Mr. Flyerbaum didn't ask him, well, can you explain to us why was it necessary for the past president to have, is it General Burgess that was uh, asked to come over to the athletic department Correct. and uh, oversee things? That wasn't asked of him either. All really good questions, Steve, that, uh, yeah, unfortunately were not asked. Okay, well, I think I should get a degree then. Uh, can I get a, a <laughs> honorary degree in, uh, in investigative journalism? We'll take care of you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these to me are just uh, just, just obvious uh, questions that I think anyone would want to know. Hey, you know, can you explain this to us, you know? Uh, why was all that necessary? You know, what, what's been going on, uh, Alan? Okay. All right. Now, our new president um, will be, in effect, the president when? His first day was today. Today? Yep. Auburn University at Auburn U on all social media platforms. They've been kind of photographing and documenting his first day on campus. You guys, thoughts on this gentleman, how much you know about him? What do you think? You know, uh, is he somebody who is really proactive when it comes to uh, overlooking things in the athletic department or where he doesn't give a darn? Uh, haven't done the much, much, much digging on it, um, but uh, it, uh, we'll be sure to do that and, and have some thoughts for you. Okay. All right. Um, having said all that, the, uh, did that uh, cancellation yesterday impact us negatively or positively, or just was just a, a wash? I would imagine it was a wash. I mean, uh, other than not being able to move in the SEC standings, which would come into factor for the SEC tournament, um, I don't see any negative uh, effect here for the Tigers because it was not, like I said, a loss on the game. Okay. And then we've got Kentucky coming up. And that starts Thursday, but we've got another game Tuesday. So Kentucky doesn't look that great. I mean, I've seen their record. 
you guys disagree or do you agree? No, I think Auburn should be favored in the series. It's a road series, so it'll be a little bit more difficult. Uh, and Kentucky did knock off Tennessee. They, they did knock off Tennessee in a three-game series, which nobody else had been able to do. Um, so, so we'll see if that makes much of a difference uh, for them, having confidence going up against Auburn at home. Uh, but it should be a fun series to watch. Okay, well, I look forward to it. And then the women will be in region uh, with Clemson, correct? Correct. Yep, I'll be well, there all weekend long. I will, yes. When do you leave? I leave on Wednesday. Leaving on Wednesday and uh, headed that way. All right, will you be doing the radio or the TV I'll be on. I'll be on radio, so you'll be able to – our show might be affected on Friday, uh, given that it's a Friday afternoon start for the Auburn softball team, and I would not be able to do that show. Uh, but uh, I'll be calling the game on radio with Brett Bowen. Okay, and that's at one thirty, right? Correct. Will it be televised? It will be. Yes, it'll it'll be streaming on ESPN. It will not be on on TV TV, but you'll be able to pull it up on the streams. Okay, so I can get on my ESPN app. Then. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, well, then I hope you have an enjoyable time there. Thank you, and Steve. I hope our ladies uh, can pull it out. But this Louisiana team seems like they're a real uh, big challenge, right? Correct. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're like I said, their their head coach Jerry Glasgow is well regarded in the biz in the sport. Mickey Dean had hired him to be a hitting coach here, and uh, weren't able to work together because he got that job right away. All right, so I think I've ran out of things to to throw at you guys. So I appreciate always the time you give me, and uh, my time is way up. So until next time, guys, you have a safe afternoon and evening, and. Uh, War Eagle. War Eagle. Our buddy retired War Amp Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Dr. Chris Roberts serving his first day on campus at Auburn University after being at Auburn for 28 years in various academic colleges and that sort of thing. Now he's stepping in to a university president role. Um, and so, so change there. Uh, and a lot of people uh, are finding the quotes from Alan Green on the Paul Feinbaum show about the fact that he is happy at Auburn, uh, enjoys being at Auburn, but it also has been reported by many that he's had some interviews at other schools and that sort of thing. So uh, that's, you see, we talk about, you know, in the home buying business and, and that sort of thing, the summer is, is busy. I think that's fair with every profession. A lot of times you want to get to the end of the academic year uh, for a lot of movement to take place. And you see that across the country at all sports levels. And certainly at Auburn University, they're no stranger to any of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, with Alan Green, I, yeah, he says he wants to be here, and I, and I trust that that's what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he has looked at some other jobs that's been published. So um, he says he wants to be here. If he stays here, then uh, there's some things that need to get done within the athletic department, um, especially on some facilities. Big facility upgrade coming with the uh, that new uh, all-football complex. But there's once that gets done, there's some other things they need to turn their attention to because they are, especially with Jordan-Hare Stadium, they're falling behind. They're behind. They're definitely behind some of those. And now Texas A&M is about to build even more stuff. I mean, they. It, it, Auburn is behind. Yeah. Auburn is definitely behind in the athletic <clears throat> You want to take a guess on what Texas A&M's enrollment will be this fall? Just, I just love guess. this. Oh, man. I heard it this morning. I'm going to say 35,000. I think it's And I feel terrible for saying that. That's more, way off, I would imagine. I'm saying 45. Oh, my. Like total enrollment? Yeah. Oh, geez. Mm, yeah, I'm going to go probably north of 50. 77. Woo! On campus. On campus, 77. 77,000 on campus. Lord. 
So and they wonder and why they have more money school. than everyone. Everything else. is bigger in Texas. And that's the thing. That's a, a smaller ag school. I mean, you would think University of Texas. I wonder how much it costs to go to Texas A and M. No idea. Yeah. But you know, and seventy-seven. And you look at the, and, you know, University of Texas. Their enrollment's probably similar. Yeah. With about a you know a hundred billion dollar endowment, which is I'm I'm not exaggerating. You know, where Auburn's is what just just north of one billion, maybe. Right. So, right. You know, it's hard with this. Money becoming a factor now, it's going to be harder and harder to compete with some of those schools. But you got to find a way to do it, you know. And, and, That's right. And, you got to um, keep up with the Joneses. A lot of it comes back to, I, I mean, donors is just such a big thing in, in college yeah. athletics and how you go about doing that. Um, and, and, and just, yeah, there, there are a lot of kind of silly things in the Auburn Athletics Department that has, it's just, you know, people say it's just been Auburn, and, and well, I, unfortunately, I, it's where I you're can't at. wait to see this new facility when it opens. It, it looks from the outside, it, it looks, looks amazing, really yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure it's going to be top of the line. That facility is going to be top of the line with all the others that you see out there. Uh, I have not heard of some of the extravagance of it, like uh, at Clemson. Yeah, Clemson has all sorts of little doodads yeah. within theirs. Now, this one probably well, that, will too, but I don't know that they're yeah, going to have. A, I've been in Clemson's, and it's it's impressive. They have a, a putt putt this, mini yeah, golf, a mini golf, golf course, basketball court, like a. Uh, it's kind of like just like a. I don't even know how to describe it. A really nice backyard. I mean, they've got all this wicker furniture and uh, places to grill and uh, the mini golf, and I mean it's. That's just right outside. Then their their dining facility is is really nice. I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty yeah. nice facility. I, and I'm sure Auburn's is going to have a lot of those I'm sure. different amenities. And and it, you know the designers went to those types of places. Say, hey, we like this. We like this. We don't like this. Yeah. Uh, I would also imagine uh, you know uh, Phil Knight's uh, place out there in Eugene, Oregon. Oh goodness! They, there's probably, I'm sure a lot of people design some things throughout that. The uh, you know the about Oregon's six, six flags, the six flags over Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have reached the end of this first hour. Let's keep Smitty here for one more segment. Talk okay. a little ball with him after this, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up and, and get ready to welcome in Kevin Ives of Plainsman Parking Lot here in just a moment. One hour in the books here on SportsCon. We're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of our program getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Our buddy Smitty Grider here with us on the show. And uh, we can't get past all these enrollment numbers and just any numbers really involved with the Texas A&M Athletic Department. And it's just always an arms race in college athletics. Uh, Everything is bigger in Texas. And that's certainly the case right now for the Aggies. Uh, but uh, boy, oh boy, are they doing some impressive things there in College Station, guys. Like, it's it's pretty impressive to see a lot of these numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then the enrollment, like, 77,000 on yeah. campus this upcoming year. The, the enrollment is incredible. But, I mean, you just look at their – just look at their football stadium. Just the stadium as a whole. Back several years ago, it, it was kind of a – not piecemeal, but, I mean, it, it was a decent kind of a stadium. One end was wide open, and now it's like just a cathedral. And now they're building even more stuff on top of that. And those are some of the areas that Auburn's getting left behind in. Uh, you know, Alabama has built has built stuff. LSU, Florida, Georgia uh, seems to always be expanding. And uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium has – you know, other than the fact that they put a great big jumbotron up there, it's pretty much looked exactly the same as it always has. Yeah, I'm not sure expansion is what Auburn needs. Yeah. Just uh, updating as, as some as, uh, the aesthetics on the outside yeah. of it. I, I think that's where they need to focus. Uh, you know, it because I mean we're. It's, I mean, I in my opinion, that's what they need to do. They're falling behind for sure, but. Yeah. Uh, it's got to start with putting a good product on the field too. Yeah. So that helps. That, that, I mean, that, that, at yeah, the end of the and, day, that helps. And, and and this is something that was uh, 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 Matt was asking about this, and you said it. He was asking about your thoughts on the football team this year. I'm the same way. I I just I think the talent gap right there between where Auburn is at and your Alabama's, Georgia's. Now Texas A&M, they just had what people are saying is the best recruiting class ever. So if they're able, to, if Jimbo's able to develop these kids, the these superstars that they've got coming in, A&M is going to be a player. LSU's not going to be down for very long. They're they're going to have their stuff put back together. So no kidding. Auburn has got they Auburn cannot afford to fall behind in the talent gap by years. They can have one year of try to rebuild and get things going, but they've got, you can't. You cannot fall behind because it will take forever to dig out of that hole. Look at Tennessee. Tennessee has it, it, Tennessee has taken forever to try to dig out of what mess was made there under Philip Fulmer and getting rid of Philip Fulmer, and then and they just never have been the same since then. Auburn cannot afford to do that because they're already way behind some of these other teams, and so you cannot well, afford to keep staying behind or else you'll just you're gonna. It's going to be a uh, a process that I don't know that a lot of Auburn fans will be able to stomach for very I, long. I don't think Auburn is going to be in the situation Tennessee got themselves into. 
because Auburn's recruiting area is much more fertile uh, right. than Tennessee. There's there's not near the number of uh, Division One FBS SEC athletes around the t- Knoxville and Tennessee as a whole right. as there are in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Mississippi. I mean, you know, it's just a much fertile, right. more fertile recruiting ground. Uh, but you know. The other schools you mentioned, you know, Auburn's going to have to – they're going to have to do something to to start being able to bring in the same level of talent. It's never been an issue before. Right. So, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be now. Uh, you know, and Auburn sells itself as more of a family. Uh, you know, that's the big theme, especially Bruce Pearl pushes that a lot, yeah. that Auburn's more of a family atmosphere here on campus. It's um, – and that's what – the attraction is for a lot of kids uh, but you and I, I we all know what the the bottom line right now in this day and age for football athletes is they want to get paid yep and yeah. uh, and so and and then the the second thing is making it to the NFL so whatever school affords them the best opportunities in that area that's where they're going to go to school so uh, you know we've got to we've got to step it up here that's big. I mean, you've got to be able to level the playing field in uh, any form or fashion. Truth is, Auburn is on a five-game losing streak right now. They were they were six and two in 2021, and unfortunately lost the last five games of the year last season. So, yeah. uh, trying to find some positive momentum, and September is not going to get here quick yeah. enough to kind of change that narrative. And, and and the big thing that changes that in, in getting things going in the right direction is winning. But, but you if can't you play games right now, but and then you got to have the players to be able to win. And exactly, and that's the thing, and that's where you you find yourself. If you're not careful, if you don't get things fixed, you find yourself in that evil cycle of you know, well, we we've got to get this and this and this to be able to compete and win. Well, you got to win first with what you got to well, kind of get that moving in the right direction. And we got to give Coach so, Harson an opportunity. I mean, one, you yes. can't judge a man off of one year, right? Uh, you know, I know that a lot of kids left the program but that's part of a ch- of the change you know when a new coaching staff comes in they're going to do it a different way uh some kids may not adapt to that way and and you know the the new coach has to get his people in place so yep. you know that's a it's a process it takes a little bit of time uh you know uh, so hopefully we'll see you know you don't have this year does not have to be a year where they win 10 ball games you just need to see improvement and you need to have a positive momentum when the season ends and if you can do that then you can build on this year and then and and so the next year the same you got to finish with a positive momentum we didn't do that last year right and uh, and so that's important to see progress and to finish you know feeling good about where the program's headed going into a year with road iron bowl and a road georgia game and and just things on the schedule that are are difficult sure but like you're saying momentum is the big thing recruiting can kind of change a lot of that and with that being said against smitty griders here with us uh, i wanted to ask you this you're far too kind with your time always but we mentioned it's camp season jumping up. I mean, we've got a lot of people that we're connected with inside the Auburn football program, and that's what they're gearing up for right now because it's about to start, and they're just as excited for camp season to be over because they finally get a break when that happens before fall camp starts I don't, I don't starts feel sorry for Pick them. up and that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> they make way too much money. Well, I don't exactly. feel sorry for them no, no kidding about there. having to work a little bit. But uh, camps, tell us a little bit about this and why it's well, so it's, important. It's, uh, this is where they really make their final 
final evaluations on players. Uh, uh, you know, you hear about all these offers and these kids posting on Twitter. They got all these offers, but very few of them are committable until they come to camp, get on campus. Uh, most of Alabama's offers are not committable until you come to camp. They want to see you in person. They want to run you through drills themselves. They want to see how you move. They want to measure you. They want to time you. Uh, and it's also a time to, to build some relationships with these kids. Uh, you know, they, they get unfettered access to them while they're here. Uh, and, you know, so they got to take advantage of that. It's a, it's a, this is a critical time, not only for the college, but for also for the kids themselves. Uh, this is this is where when you're a tenth grader, you start to make those uh, relationships, and the coaches see you, and you start getting the attention. Uh, and if you're a junior going into your senior year, this is where you know the deal gets sealed. Uh, you find out this is this is like a free visit. You know, it's not sure. an official visit, but you've got them on campus, and uh, and so you can really take advantage of that. And so it's an important four weeks. Uh, they can and actually. I don't know if y'all realize this, but uh, you know when if there's during this time there may not be a camp going on, but a kid can come up here and have basically have his own camp, basically a tryout. They can work him out if he can get himself on campus. So uh, a lot of that happens as well. Uh, so it's big. It's really big for for the decision making process on these kids. Big time. Smitty, we always do appreciate the time. Hey, I love it, man. Appreciate the extra segment today. I, I, no kidding. I want one more love, uh, a little bit more love for hometown lenders on the plains. And then I've got the phone number to give a little <laughs> shout out here in a minute. Right. But tell the good folks about uh, yeah, hometown Yeah, hey, lenders. come see us. We're at 1943 South College, right across the street from the Mason Jar. Uh, you can go to our website, Hometown Lenders on the Plains, and uh, and do an application there. Or if you got questions, give us a call. 334-332-1287. That's the good phone number. Right, and we can answer any of your questions. If if you've got concerns about if now's the right time or what loan product you need. Hey, if you've got kids about to start college and you need some money and you've got, you own your home, you've got some equity, you can get a cash-out refi and, uh, and have some money to send your kids off to school this fall and uh, we're here for anything you need and we've got every loan product available at tiger communications we're pretty great at this advertising thing so we're here at hometown lender spots all the time which is amazing don't listen to any of the other phone numbers <laughs> 334-332-1287 that's the one give me a call hit up we'll talk to you next week all right, all right? Thanks, guys that's our buddy smitty grider joining us here on the program we're going to take a break and when we come back kevin ives he runs plainsman parking lot they had a whole lot of fun at the park and deck this weekend for the Alabama series. Four games left on the year for the Tigers in the regular season. We talked to Kevin right after this on Sports Call. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys.
moving along here on Sports Call on this Monday. Tiger 95.9 FM, JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy here with you in the studio. Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, part of our Sports Call team as well. 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 888 9 Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line and bring on our good friend Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter. Kind enough to join us here on the show. Kevin, how was your weekend, my friend? Well, it was a great weekend. Uh, no complaints. <laughs> have you have you dried out from Sunday? <laughs> uh, we have, we avoided most of the rain. Um, you know, it was kind of weird. That Sunday game was kind of weird because when that first lightning delay hit, like there was not. Uh, I mean, there were clouds, but we could kind of see some of the lightning off the distance. But I had been watching the radar most of that morning and knew that we would probably get something around like five thirty. Uh, I didn't know it would be that bad with the lightning that ended up pushing the game. To that seven o'clock um, sort of last call, and then uh, not being able to complete the game and being ruled in no contest. But um, and then yeah, while we were kind of waiting it out, it, it uh, definitely poured a couple different times. So and I'm, I'm all dry now. Yeah, well, so uh, Plainsman parking lot, right? That that's the spot to be. You're always there. What does waiting it out entail in that setting? I mean, I can't imagine it's as raucous as an environment. Uh, not really. You know, we kind of. Where we normally set up with, with my group of friends, you know, we have kind of one of the overhangs um, and one of the stairwells. And so we've got chairs and stuff set up there. We had a birthday party for Miss Dana, who's the security guard up there. And so that's what really we were under the entire time and just kind of just chilling, <laughs> hanging out and kind of watching the, we could see on the scoreboard, they would list whenever the lightning counter got restarted. And so somebody would like look out and say that it got restarted. And so we were watching our clocks as well. So yeah, but we, we you know, had that, some shade and some covering for a bit, but yeah, it was really just kind of, kind of hanging out, very chill, uh, not as raucous. Well, uh, Kevin, let's talk about this baseball team overall a little bit. Uh, impressive showing uh, these first two games uh, that Auburn was able to win. Obviously, the Sunday game did not take place because of the weather, uh, even though tied and bases loaded for the Tigers. Uh, but uh, how do you feel about this team as we uh, move? We've got a midweek game and then the, the last one of the uh, season, uh, series of the season against Kentucky. How are you feeling about this team right now as a whole? I mean, I feel great. I mean, they've, they've really exceeded expectations. This weekend – especially with Alabama, you know, on the Saturday, got down early. Um, you know, by the time they came up to bat, they were already down by four runs, down 4 nothing, And the bullpen held the entire game and always able to chip away and come back on that Saturday game um, and take the series that day. And just the bullpen Friday and Saturday and even Tuesday against Troy had been kind of lights out. And that was really good to see. And so um, that will be a strength, and that has to be a strength down the stretch. Uh, when you start getting into SEC tournament play and regional play, you're going to have to lean on that bullpen a little bit more um, to really extend innings, extend innings and extend um, extend games. And if the offense struggles, have a chance to get back in it. But right now, they definitely see the expectation. I mean, they're number four in the RPI, um, have a good shot to host a regional and possibly be a national seed. Um, there may be a little bit more work to do, but – you know, I think with Auburn's resume, where they stand in the SEC, um, if you take the series from Kentucky, I think you you definitely have a good argument to be a, a national seed. But I really think Auburn, as it stands now, is, a, is a, in a good spot to host. And that's something we didn't really expect coming in. Um, you want to kind of see, though, on these last four games, if that RPI kind of takes a hit. You've noticed around the country there have been some some teams that have kind of jockeying for RPI position. They're kind of that 30-40 range. 
and they're playing uh, midweek games against teams that are in the 200. So even if they win those games, their RPI could drop like 30 points. So A&M canceled a game uh, that was going to take place tomorrow. Um, Ole Miss has canceled a game that was supposed to take place tomorrow against Arkansas State. And you've just seen that around the country. Auburn is still going up to play Sanford. Um, and, I, you know, I respect them for doing that. And it'll be kind of a, a nice little homecoming for the three Sanford transfers that we have playing in the Overmet, playing in front of a lot of friends and family and playing against them, a lot of their old teammates. But go to Sanford on Tuesday and then a huge series um, at Kentucky that you can't really take lightly. I mean, they, they took a series from Tennessee at home. Um, they did struggle against South Carolina this weekend and dropped that series. Um, but Auburn will, will definitely need to win that series, and they're, and they're still fighting for something. They're still fighting for that, that top eight seed, um, still fighting to host a regional. So um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited right now. It's kind of wild to think about how successful this Auburn baseball team has been, the number of SEC wins that they've already had. This season. In a lot of ways, they're flying under the radar. There's the Auburn baseball junkies that are like, where's our national respect? But then also, I think it's just the greater Auburn athletics family at large. Uh, we haven't been able to sing the praises as often about just what exactly this baseball team has been able to accomplish this season. Because yes, there are still four games left in the regular season. Yes, you've got three left in the SEC, but it's a team that's already worth celebrating regardless of how these final four games have been, because it's been one of their better seasons that they've had in quite some time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were picked to finish dead last in the SEC West, um, and right now they are still within the hunt for the SEC West title um, or for a top four seed in the SEC tournament, and that is a huge turnaround. I mean, they have taken two big roads. They've taken a, a you know big road series at A&M, at LSU, um, they only lost one midweek game, um, and they, you know, they've really exceeded expectations in every facet. You know, from the hitting, defense, especially, um, and and pitching. And yeah, they may not be getting a lot of the national love, and I, I think that that's okay at this point. Uh, the fans are turning out. They've, you know, had a third largest crowd um, in history for the for this weekend, even those in those abbreviated games and. I think as the as the as you get into the SEC tournament and you get into that mindset uh, where you've kind of eliminated a lot of other teams and you kind of know immediately what you're playing for, I think you're, you'll get a lot more casual fans that are going to try to scoop up tickets and and want to be a part of it, and that's fine. I mean, you kind of want that atmosphere, but yeah, this this is definitely going to go down um, as one of the better and uh, better Auburn teams, especially with all the uncertainty and question marks coming in and just how they've gelled together and really how they've one of the biggest things to me is how they've responded from the issue last year in losing close one-run games um, and in giving up leads with a bullpen to this year being pretty much the exact opposite holding on to those one run one run leads um, and having yeah. uh, a bullpen that, that's playing far and beyond how they uh, probably would have looked on paper Tell us about Kentucky. What can we expect this uh, this week? I shouldn't say it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series to close the regular season and to get re- ready for the SEC tournament. But what can we expect out of Kentucky? I mean, they're going to be tough. I mean, they're it's, it's hard to play up there. Um, the it's going to be it's like you said, it's a weird Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So it's a quick trip from Hoover up to Lexington, um, and then all the game times are a little bit early because they're on Easter time and they tend to. They're going to be like 5.30 local, you know, Thursday and Friday. Um, but Kentucky's really talented. They will make you pay for mistakes. Um, that's kind of their 
their bread and butter. If they get men on, then they're going to do a lot to kind of disrupt any type of timing on the pitchers. Um, and they've got a couple really, you know, stud arms um, that can, if they're on, if they're clicking, they could easily shut down anybody. Uh, the best thing to do, that I think, from watching Kentucky a couple times, the best way to attack Kentucky is just what Auburn is, has done throughout the year is just keep constant pressure on them um, by linking up and by, you know, having those, those multi-hit innings um, to try to make them not feel comfortable. But it'll be, you know, they'll have their senior day on, on Saturday, I'm sure. And, um, you know, it's always – it's just a – it's interesting up there, and thankfully, it's not going to. We're not playing them in the beginning of the year where it's uh, like thirty degrees. You're actually playing them in the summer. But um, Auburn's been good on the road, and I think that it should. They should be able to keep some of that, um, some of that mojo going for them, especially because they know they've got so much to play for, uh, and they know they still have so much that they're fighting for and competing for. And I think that hunger is going to really kind of drive them through these last four games. You know, Stanford and then the three. Kentucky. Uh, When when we look at the uh, Sanford game and the Kentucky series, uh, give me uh, give me two Auburn players. Uh, I want one that uh, needs to stay hot and one that maybe has kind of cooled off some that needs to get back hot again. Uh, You know, really, Blake Rambush needs to stay hot. Um, That's kind of what um, you know. He has been a huge spark plug uh, on the offense. You actually saw he got moved down a little bit in the lineup to kind of protect uh, trying to share a little bit. Um, instead of batting in the, um, in, in the leadoff, he, he got moved down to the to three spot. And Auburn kind of shoveled their lineup a little bit to try to uh, produce a little bit more, and it did work. Um, but the, and, then, and then a guy that kind of needs to um, stay consistent and um, not necessarily improve because you kind of saw it last weekend, but I think a big part of the Kentucky series is going to depend on Joseph Gonzalez in that Saturday game um, because depending on that, that Saturday game is going to be crucial because no matter how it plays out because you're either going to be battling for a win, battling for a series, or battling for a sweep. And it's going to really depend on um, how he pitches. And he, and he was he got back on track. Um, you know, he was getting back on track in the, in the Saturday game against Alabama. His uh, sinker and his off-speed stuff was working really well, induced a lot of double plays. Uh, got out of a lot of jams, so that needs to continue for his start on Saturday, um, so that Auburn can kind of in the in the season, in the regular season, in a good positive way. Last one for you. This is Kevin Ives with us, Plainsman Parking Lot at AUPPL. Put it into Twitter.com. That's the handle. And follow all of his great coverage. Final weekend before, uh, as I said, postseason, before the SEC tournament, before NCAA regionals, on to super regionals. We're seeing softball two weeks ahead of the college baseball world as softball gets set for their regionals this weekend. But coming up this weekend, taking Auburn and Kentucky out of the equation, What's the SEC series that has the most ramifications in terms of seeding and storylines and all of that sort of thing? What else is, is important in the SEC this upcoming weekend? I mean, it's got to be Ole Miss and Texas A&M. You know, A&M has been one of the hottest teams in the league. They've battled all the way back to now lead the West. Um, and I think they've won like six straight series. Um, and then Ole Miss was pretty much, you know, two weeks ago, um, was pretty much left for dead. You know, everybody thought their season was over and, and they didn't really have anything to compete for. But now, you know, they're going to host Texas A&M and they've won six straight SEC games. Swept Missouri at home, 
swept LSU and Baton Rouge for the first time ever. Um, and so now Ole Miss kind of has a little bit more fire. And so depending on how that works out, you know, if Ole Miss can play their way into the NCAA tournament, it kind of helps Auburn a little bit. It really kind of helps Auburn in the, sta- in the standings uh, for the SEC tournament. We really kind of want Ole Miss to win that series from A&M to kind of bump them down a little bit. Uh, because for the seeding in the SEC tournament, Auburn really wants to get one of those uh, those top four spots. You know, number one, the first spot's going to double buy. Yeah, yeah, you want that double buy. First spot's already going to go to Tennessee, and then the second spot is going to be whoever wins the West, and then three and four are just the best overall record after that. And so that's kind of where you want um, that's that's where you want to be. You want to get that double buy. So you're not kind of competing in those first games. So that's the one I would keep an eye on. Uh, definitely. Uh, Ole Miss and A and M, uh, just to see how they kind of work out. Everybody else kind of really knows where they're at. You know, um, Alabama could possibly pull an upset of Arkansas. Um, they kind of you know in, in their stuff on in their season on a high note. Um, you know, Florida and Carolina are going to be playing, but it's that's going to be it, Carolina just plays awful on the road, and they have to go down to Florida. And Florida, I think, is playing their way. They're already kind of in the tournament right now. They're really kind of playing for their for their seeding. Um, and so you just kind of got to look, um, you know, around the league. Mississippi State, I think they kind of know what they're, where they're going to be. Uh, they're they're going to be at home this year. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to come down to the wire a little bit. But I would, I would watch that A&M and Ole Miss series just to see what the Rebels can do. Kevin, we really do appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Talk to you soon. No problem. Thank you, guys. That's Kevin Ives. He's joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. I can't wait for college baseball season to jump into postseason mode. Really proud of this Auburn team. I mean, it's not being talked about a lot. This Auburn team going to the College World Series in 2019. But this season still is on pace to finish with the best Auburn baseball season since 2010, over a decade. Yeah. And that does include a team, like I said, that made a trip to the College World Series. Yeah, and this is a team that was preseason picked at the bottom of, of the SEC, uh, down at the bottom of the West. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, expectations from the from the media uh, for this team. And here, as we head into a midweek game and then the last game of the season, Auburn's sitting at number four in the RPI. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're right there at the top of the West uh, in very good position to host a regional, potentially even get that national seat to host a super regional uh, if they're able to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great season. And uh, there's been a lot of different uh, guys that have been a part of that. Um, Sonny DeShera obviously yeah. has been a huge part of that, has become one of the best hitters in the entire conference. But then guys like Joseph Gonzalez and uh, Rambush and Howell, I mean, so many guys. It has been a full team effort uh, on offense and defense and pitching. And they have uh, they have definitely surprised people and have done it very quietly. There's not a lot of people talking about Auburn, even though they are, like I said, they're number four in the RPI, but still not a lot of people talking about them. And we love the Auburn baseball program because yeah. uh, you talk about this show, Sports Call. The head coach that has been on our program more than anyone else, Butch Thompson, the head baseball coach for your Tigers. So a lot of love there. Let's take a break. We're back with more after this. Tiger 95.9. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. 
I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM moves on here on this Monday. Thanks again to Kevin Ives, Prainsland Parking Lot, for joining us on the show a moment ago. And our good buddy Brant Daughtry here with us as well. Hello. Brant, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Uh, it was the first weekend in like four weeks that I haven't had anything planned, so I stayed home and did nothing. And you so were pleased with that I was, I was I was pretty okay with that. Doing nothing uh, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not all the time. If I do nothing for too long, I get kind of restless, but... <laughs> You know, it taking a taking a weekend and and just kind of chilling out after not doing that for a little while. It was it was a good experience. It was a good time. How do you feel about doing nothing, Tom? Uh, I get bored very easily. Yeah, that, that's why I you know I I barton, I firefight, I do this radio show. I'm always trying to do something. So I, I'm the same way. If I you play if, for the Thunder Chickens, play for the Thunder Chickens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Play for Auburn Fire Department, True. whatever they call me, <laughs> yeah. up to go and fill in for somebody. I've only ever done that. I did that once, but uh, now I get I get bored easily. I, I have to be doing something, but it is also nice to sleep late and just great. lay in bed and sleep's watch. great. Yeah, man, um, just just laying in bed and amazing, not yeah. getting out because you don't oh, have to. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a wonderful experience. I, I pretty much now I had to work last night, but it's pretty much what I did my Sunday until sleeping right up until I needed to get a shower to go to work. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Do we know what our wacky Wednesday topic is going to be this week? Don't know. I don't either. That's why I'm asking you. I don't know if you yeah. had anything. You're else. not going to be here. Yeah, we'll be. I thought you were leaving. I thought you were heading to regionals. I, will, I, I have been misspoke, misspeaking the entire time. I'm, oh. uh, I will be here for Wednesday show. Okay. I will leave first thing Thursday morning. Ah, okay. A change in plans, change in practice schedule for the Tigers. So I will be leaving first thing ah, Thursday morning. Gotcha. Well, I may have to try to come up with something then. Or, I mean, we could collectively try to do that. Uh. It's been a lot of surprises. Like, you yeah. either surprise me or I surprise you with what the topic may be. And you weren't here last week, and yeah, we, we didn't have a show on Wednesday because yeah. we played softball two, on two Wednesday. We, two weeks ago, we tried some goofy jelly beans. <laughs> I can't get over I, that. I hate that I was not here for that. No. <laughs> I was I was on the road to do uh, a high school softball game, and I, 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 could, I had to listen to that on the, on the podcast later, uh, which you can find anywhere you get your podcast. JJ has agreed that on one of these, I've, I've got to have enough time to get – the supplies for it, but JJ has agreed to do a hot sauce challenge. Oh, oh no! So we're going. Oh to, no! We're going to burn his rectum out. Y'all, can, <laughs> y'all can have, have fun, fun with that. that. I, yeah, I can't do hot sauce, man. I, I didn't do, think about. I can that. do like kind of hot sauce. I can't do like no. the the bad things. No, no, I can't. No. There's pain that like it. No it's, kidding, it, man. It, it's. A, not a fun experience no, to it, consume it, no, but it then is. also once you consume it, you've got it's got to go yeah, somewhere. Well, you know yeah. the digestion that takes place. But, well, it, 
Okay, but it, sure. But the thing is, it's Why not like... Why does this show always not, like to go in these directions? It, it always ends so, up going somewhere it yeah. just doesn't need yeah. to. You're not going to be like eating... In a challenge like this, it's not. you're not going to be eating vast quantities of it. Yeah, no, it's you're going to be like, I guess, little, a, you're gonna a like chicken t- wing or something? I no, probably gonna not probably even going to do straight that. Up. Are you, just, I, it, you just like dab it. Yeah, it, probably do a dab. I, I'll I'll have something whether it be like a little cracker or a little yeah, something, right. and you just, just put get, it dab. get him like an order of French fries or something at oh, least. Sure, something. So I mean, it's a you're going. It'll be enough to burn you up, but it, it's not going to. And, and it'll will progress. We'll we'll start soft and you know get you on up there into some uh, real man world. <laughs> There's, there is one thing that I did want to bring up with you, because you mentioned this earlier. Uh, I'm going to present you with a player currently in the NBA. Okay. I want you to tell me his first name. All right? All right. He's a guard, big guard, plays for the Dallas Mavericks, was MVP of the last playoff series that just ended. What Luca. Is, his first name is Luca. Good job. What is his last name? Doncic? That's not what you said earlier. No. What did I say earlier? You said Doncic. Yeah, you said Doncic. Like, yeah. You said Doncic earlier, and you've said it before because it's bothered me. Right. <laughs> his name is Doncic. Doncic. John Doncic. Doncic. Yeah. What did I say? Doncic. Doncic. I always thought it was Doncic. It's Doncic. According to Chich. Google. According to oh. Google. Okay. It is Doncic. He has two accents in his he last does. name. He does. He has two, amazing. two different C's in his last name. Which I love. Yeah, it's and, really it's a really cool name. But that makes everybody co- confused. It does. We don't well, come you especially. too often. You especially. Yes. But yeah, his last name is Doncic. All right, that's all I had. That's all I'm going to contribute to the show today. Thank you. <laughs> you, you carry on. The last time you also uh, were talking about Wacky Wednesday, I misspoke. And it wasn't you that misspoke. Yeah, it wasn't think, you that misspoke. No, I think it was that Brooks. Brooks said it, it was, was his Brooks. idea. Bro- no, Brooks said it was your idea. Oh, okay. It was my idea. Okay. Because when Brooks I brought th- the, when Brooks I brought those in, I was, was like, my idea. "This is a segment." Uh huh. No, and Brooks Brooks said it was your idea, and I want to credit for that. Okay. Yeah, Something that, that no idea. one else cares about. Right. But, but I feel we validated do. now. Yeah, we do. I feel very validated. I actually have a wacky Wednesday idea. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad I. Glad I sparked yeah. that. I'll do the surprise thing again right. and, and elicit the most great reaction. You know? Shock value. Yeah, the shock value is so great. Uh, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. As uh, we're getting set for the upcoming college football season, I saw this headline on On3 earlier today. Uh, quite interesting because we're talking about Harson getting set for year two, uh, but current FBS coaches have been in their jobs for just an average of 3.7 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is crazy, kind of the turnover that we're experiencing in the sports and timelines. Uh, it's, it's very much so a win now approach. It's not just college football. Like, let's get that out of the oh, way yeah. first. It is not just college no. football. It is across professional sports. It's just mm-hmm. across sports. Absolutely, it is. Um, it's kind of pathetic, <laughs> but it's it's where we're at. 3.7 years. Yeah. It's crazy. You, you know, it it, crazy. most coaches, it feels like in this day and age, get two, maybe three years to yeah, turn a program around. Pretty much. Right. And with and college, y- it takes, y- away, it takes yeah, longer. Y- you have to wonder, can you get it done in that amount of time? Uh, with the transfer portal, I think it is more possible, but I still don't think that's enough time, you know? 
Yeah. And, and you know, and to, to bring it back to Auburn, I think Brian Harson has been put even further behind the eight ball because of what happened this offseason. Uh, and, you know, I, you, y'all were talking about it with Smitty earlier. There is definitely a talent gap that Auburn is going to have to close. And if we keep revolving during these coaches, you like that verb, revolving during? Yeah. If we keep, if Auburn does end up having a revolving door at coach, I, I'm with Smitty. I don't think they're ever going to get to the point where Tennessee is because Tennessee has shot themselves in the foot and in the leg and in the knee, and they've just oh. kind of gone up their body, yeah. shooting themselves in various spots. I don't think Auburn's going to do that. But, man, you would hate to see... We had Fergan here last or two weeks ago, and he basically said, "Look, you're never going to recruit. You're never going to out recruit Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M because they can use all the money, money they have now. Yep. You're never going to out recruit those schools, but you've got to close the gap. You've got to get as close as possible, and then find some diamonds in the rough, which I think Brian Harson can do. I think he has the ability. For I think sure. Brian Harson has the ability yeah. to develop because I'll always go back to Leighton Van Der Esch, who played dude. seven on seven football in high school and became a first round draft pick after walking on at Boise. Uh, that's possible. I think Brian Harson can do things like that. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to you're <laughs> not going to recruit a kid who played seven on seven no, no, to come no. play Auburn right. to come play football at Auburn. But, but I think Brian Harson can find those three star athletes, the Roger McCreary's, the Daniel Thomases, who become difference makers and develop them into high draft picks or guys who get their shots in the NFL, you know? And that's what Auburn has to do if they're going to close the gap. Uh, but the thing is, I still think Auburn can eventually get back to recruiting in that like super elite level oh, yeah. at some point. And I look at Georgia. Georgia was kind of in the – they were definitely not in the doldrums, but, I mean, they were getting some guys here and there, you know. Right. Nothing earth-shattering. Kirby Smart takes over and immediately yeah. does that. Yeah. So, Auburn can do that. Auburn can do that. But you can't continue to fall behind or it's going to be harder to dig out of that. Um, you know, Auburn has a lot of support. There's a lot of financial support with Auburn. There are a lot of NIL deals – uh, available around Auburn, uh, everything. It's not Auburn. Auburn is not one of the Mississippi schools. No, they, it's they've not. got. They Auburn has the base and the history and the tradition and the facilities, and they've got everything in place to be what they need to be and what Auburn, Auburn fans and alumni want them to be. Uh, but you can't fall behind too far. I agree. They've already yeah. fallen behind, but you cannot keep falling behind or else it's going to be damn near impossible to get out of it. But it is possible. Yeah. It's, I, I, think that, ahead, I think that he has the staff now. I think he has the staff that he wants to truly recruit around the area and get the guys that he wants in here. Um, especially coaching wise, you know, he's got his offensive coordinators, defensive coordinator. I think they're not going to be, you know, there's going to be there's not going to be any disagreement with how how he wants the team to be run now. I think everything is kind of now. Um, how do you say there's there's some uniformity now with yeah. and some agreement there's within the program. synergy yeah, within the synergy, coaching yes staff. within the program now and I, th- I think that's going to be a major factor sure. in how they're going to be able to bring guys in and develop them and and who the type of guys that he wants to have in the in the yeah. on the team I, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this team as uh, I don't think nothing's going to change throughout these summer workouts, but I'm talking once we get into the season and see how that progresses, but especially after this season. Yeah. Uh, 
what what are we looking like then? Are we seeing another group of coaches belling out on the program? Are we watching another huge group of players belling out on the program? Then that's gonna it's like okay, maybe there's some things that Harson says he's changing that he's just right. not. There there is a reason. I I understand there's turnover at every school, but the what Auburn went through in the off season was abnormal. Extreme. You, you don't you don't have you don't have a guy um, you don't have a guy like Derek Mason leave and take a pay cut to go coach in Oklahoma that does it there's something going on there some of these other coaches and the amount of players that we're talking about how disgruntled they were with how things were being run you're going to have that with a new coach but not to that extent that Auburn had so it made me think that there had to be something going on there so now what happens in this next offseason are we are we retreading exactly what we just went through again or do we see more positive? Do we see things moving in the right direction instead of either spinning your wheels or moving backwards? So I think my thing with players leaving, here's my thing with the players leaving. You will never find a more opposite coach to Brian Harson than Gus Malzahn. Yeah, sure. Gus Malzahn is 100% a player's coach. I think too much sure. on, on that side of things. And I think that's, you know, you heard a lot of, you hear the guys who stayed, hey, there were a lot of disciplinary problems. People weren't taking things seriously. The players were not held accountable as much as they should have been. Sure. Chandler Wootens has said that. Derek Hollis said that. Nick Brahms, guys who are still here, have said that about the guys who left, or not the guys who left, but w- about what went on during Gus. Malzahn's tenure, I think Brian Harson does have to come closer. You know, but when when you sign to play for a Gus Malzahn, a players coach, a guy who wants to help you, I think there's something to be said for being a players coach, a, a guy who is going to be kind of a father figure to you. And that guy leaves, and you bring in Brian Harson, famously a hard ass, right. who's not going to let you get away with anything. Who's going right. to punish you if you slip up at the drop of a hat? It, it, it's. I would rather not see players leave, obviously, but I think going from Gus to Harson was such a culture yeah, shift, big time. That you you the, the guys that shock. wanted to play, yeah, it's culture shock. The guys who wanted to play for a coach like Gus didn't get pushed out the door, but kind of said, "This isn't what I signed up for," sure. because. He, I, they wanted to play for Gus, and they got Harson. Yeah, but uh, so uh, and that's why so many of them are at UCF now. Yeah, and and, and I don't know that we're going to run into this situation, but you know, I was around when Auburn baseball hired Sonny Galloway. It may be two completely different things. However, part of what was going on with Sonny Galloway when he was here as the baseball coach brought him in. He had had great success at Oklahoma, had taken him to the College World Series, great successful coach, and you really thought, you know, and, and everybody knew with him coming in, he's going to be a different type of coach than we've had. He, he is a no-nonsense. He is a stickler for the rules. However, he came in here and nobody liked him. He could he, yeah. and 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 you've, no matter you've got to fi- you've got to get right. people in your corner. And no matter how much he tried to change, quote unquote, tried to change and become softer or whatever, he just never had. And it just became to the point that it be, he became so unbearable they could not get him out of here fast enough. Now is Harson truly going to change, or is he going to be a repeat of what happened with Sonny Galloway? We don't know. Definitely going to get more of this conversation. At the, uh, at the third hour of our show, but unfortunately, we've got to take a break now. We have reached the end of hour number two here on Sports Call alongside Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. I'm JJ Jackson. Two hours of the books, and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started. Tiger 95.9 FM, the Tiger Communications app. Maybe you're listening to us on the Sports Call podcast. We appreciate that. As you heard this past Friday, we had five-star Friday shout-outs for all of our podcast reviews. Uh, we'll give a couple of more shout-outs. If you leave us a five-star rating and review, if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast platform, we need those written reviews. We appreciate it, and you can get a shout-out on our next edition of Five Star Friday. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, it is a Monday. That means best and worst of the weekend is still to come, which is all Always exciting. Uh, and then we will also uh, continue our conversation right now about college football, about Auburn athletics. And again, we were inspired uh, from conversations earlier today with Smitty Grider when he was in studio, but also current FBS coaches have been in their jobs for an average of just 3.7 years. A lot of people. Know some of the notable ones. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa has the longest tenure currently. He's coached for 23 seasons. Gundy and Whittingham have been at their schools for 17 seasons. Uh, Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald and Mid-Tennessee State's Rick Stocksdale have been at their schools for 16 seasons. Air Force's Troy Calhoun and Alabama's Nick Saban have been at their schools for 15. But other than that, guys, we're seeing a whole lot of turnover. In 2016, there were 28 new coaches. How many of those new coaches still remain? In, In 2016, there were 28 new coaches. Just six years ago, how many of those coaches still remain? Eight. Only eight. Eight. Only okay. eight I was of gonna those say coaches five. are still there. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And it's at the risk of sounding much older than I am, I feel like it's kind of an instant <laughs> gratification society thing. Yeah. Uh, people want to win, and they want to win yeah. now. They... They, they want to. They want. They want. Possible. They want what they want, and they want it as soon as possible. And you know, sometimes it's just that's not realistic. And uh, you know, Especially I think this in college sports. Yeah, for sure. When we, I mean, you. It, we were talking about it early earlier. Like, true freshmen don't typically contribute no. in most sports. In basketball, they can if they're just yeah. this well, big name recruit. But, yeah, if you're a Jabari Smith or a guy like that. But you know, in football, very rarely does one true freshman. Turn right. around an entire program, no. and then you know sophomores. Even you know you you will have more sophomores playing, but you cannot have one sophomore completely turn things around. You cannot have a class of sophomores unless it's just a great class, you know. And getting a great class is not super easy. So it's, I really think you need three, maybe four years. Yeah. As long as you know, obviously, if things are just in the toilet and it's obviously not working, then yeah, go it's ahead and get take- rid of the guy. <laughs> but if if you're on an upward trajectory. 
don't just eject a guy because right. you're not where you want to be immediately. Yeah, and so Tom, what you were talking about earlier, referencing coaches leaving and you know, like Derek Mason going and taking a lower paying job at Oklahoma State and everything like that. I really think that you know he need Harson needed familiarity. He needed his the, guys. Yeah, he well, needed yeah. his you need guys. guys he, you need he guys needed, that you right, trust want to coach and with. You know, guys that you know that you've been able to coach with. Schmetting was his defensive coordinator at Boise State and uh Kizau was his um offensive uh, his offensive coordinator at Boise as well in the past. So I think he's been really comfortable and knowing that he can win with those guys because he did. Um Mike Bobo and Derek Mason were familiar with the area. You know, recruiting-wise, they have been in the SEC for a very long time. Their names are known. They're big household names, and everybody knows that they're SEC guys. And so that was a way to get to help Harson um, get familiar in the area himself because his name wasn't really known. So I think now that you know his name's kind of been out there for a year now, um, he's able to really go on the recruiting trail with the guys that he trusts and knows is going to be able to recruit and send the message that he wants uh, for his program. I think now you know you're not going to have that that staff turnover that that you were talking about earlier. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's get a phone call in here. Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called into the program. Hi, Tony. Yeah, how y'all doing? Great. How are you, sir? All right, all right. I I, I got a question. Uh, what is Auburn's uh, 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 population? Auburn's population, like the city of Auburn or the enrollment at the school? Well, yeah, yeah well, you know, I'm saying like for the uh, 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 city population, I was saying like for the enrollment of the high school and. and in that particular Tom's way. got our but research was, for us yeah, here. The, what you got, Tom? Uh, tw- as a 2020 population was 76,143, which is about the population of Texas A&M's uh, yeah. university, I guess. Yeah, and there were uh, 1,200 students in Auburn High School in 2020. Yeah, well, what I was getting at is that uh, do you think that's a disadvantage for Auburn itself in sports, when you you only got one, you only got one um, high school, and um, it only allows so many kids to participate. I don't think so, uh, because while there is only one school within the city limits, Auburn is not the biggest school inside, no. or the biggest city inside in terms of land area. So you've got a lot of schools that are super close, like uh, Smith Station's thirty minutes down the road. Opelika, Opelika High School is very close. Central is only thirty minutes away. Uh, so uh, yeah, Beauregard is in the Lee County community. Beauregard as well. Away. Yeah. Well, what those kids? Were they isn't it against the law for kids within Auburn city limit to play at Beauregard? I am not sure how high school enrollment works in Lee County. Well, I mean, you have to have residents yeah, uh, so within yeah, yeah, wherever yeah, that yeah, zone is. Just, yeah, I was just looking at a um, thing. I think I don't know what I mentioned on before, but like uh, Hoover probably put in the, in the uh, top 50 in the country in, in high school enrollment. And uh, I was wondering how they was maintaining, you know, with, you know, with that many students. And, uh, I mean, was it a disadvantage for other kids that, you know, that were, 
It'll yeah. go up, but it's not. You just, you just do one quick Google search. The 2018 enrollment for Hoover High was 2950. Uh, so yeah. way more, but it's but it, but it's Birmingham, right? Like right. that. That's Birmingham's just, a bigger city. You right. can answer that question in itself. Yeah, but you know, you got how, how many kids? You know, probably on a football team. I, I think I counted Auburn High one night coming. Uh, what is the country buffet? Uh, country time. Right. The buffet in the mall. Right. I think I probably counted about 84 kids, somewhere in there, 80 kids coming yeah, in. Yeah, I, I watched uh, Auburn High play Smith Station this year, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if you told me there were over 100 kids dressed out on Auburn High sideline. Yeah, uh, I, I usually had a miscount. Yeah, it usually. Usually with with schools that size, you'll see more than one football team, one that travels around and contains the the big name kids and uh, another team that plays teams within the within the area. I'm not sure why Auburn doesn't do that. Perhaps they're they're right they're teetering on the edge of having enough players to do something like that. But you know, it's it's one of those things that Auburn is not a huge city, even though the high school in it is very yeah, big. Yeah, but look at look at look at the rapid growth of Auburn. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be shocked if they build another high school well, in the and, Auburn city yeah, limits. And, and that has eventually, been ta- yeah, that's been talked about uh, for quite a few years now of building a second school. Uh, because yeah, the Auburn High School, this area is growing so big, and that high school being a one high school town, I mean, it is overpopulated. So they're talking about doing yeah. another one. But uh, as far as how it affects sports in the college level or anything like that, I, I mean, yeah, you still got the best even- players playing. Yeah, but even the same thing, even the same thing pertains to basketball. You only put five in court, but you probably suit up about 12, 13, 14 kids. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, and it happens all the time, if it's a if it's a kid that is living in Auburn and they feel like they and their parents feel like they are a really really good athlete and they're not getting their shot at Auburn High School, they buy they buy a house over in Opelika and they go to Opelika or they buy a house just outside the city limits and they go to Beauregard uh, or they move over to Smith Station or Phoenix City. I mean that happens. The parents will move around and get their kids to where they feel like they can get the shot to play. But I mean, ultimately, Auburn is uh, Auburn High School is in a position where they can field the best athletes. But they are just in that position that that because they have so many football players, basketball players, baseball, whatever, that they can put the best players on the field. And sometimes, yeah, guys, some people are going to get left out. But if they want to play, then their parents move them somewhere else where they can play. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at the you know right around Auburn. I just look at the rapid growth in all this rising probably in other city in the state it, 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 Auburn Auburn is the fastest growing metropolitan area in the state of Alabama and so that population that I had that I gave you was from 2020 it's more than that now here in 2022 when right. you think of all the companies that are bringing their business and opening here in Auburn I mean you're bringing a lot you, you also get in Auburn you get a huge melting pot because a lot of the uh, a lot of these companies that, that come in are overseas companies and so you have a huge Asian population around here from uh, a lot of the Asian companies are coming in Germany yeah. you get a huge German population from some of the companies that are coming in and so it, it's growing I mean, it, it is growing faster than people can wrap their heads around. And I think eventually you're going to have to have a second school here. But right now, Auburn High is able to do what they're doing with just the one yeah. high school. Yeah. I got one or two other questions. Uh, 
I heard you all talking about Brian Hobson and the problem. There might may have been some problem going on. Well, how credible was the statement that Smoke Monday made about Brian Hobson not being able to deal with a different type of kid? You know, that is an interesting thing to me. And I think that's something that Brian Harson is going to have to learn because, it, you know, I've had this thought before. The kid you're, you're, the kid you're coaching in Boise, Idaho, is not the kid that you're going to be coaching at Auburn. Uh, very, very different uh, lifestyle. Very different lifestyle there, regardless of where that kid is coming from. If you're recruiting that kid from Atlanta or Montgomery or Birmingham or a place like that or Miami, Florida, you're going to have issues if you're trying to coach them the same way you're coaching a kid from Boise. So it's, yeah. you know, I think that's something that Brian Harson is going to have to learn. And if he can't learn, he'll be out of here soon. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that Smoke Monday was emotional at the time. I think he was upset with a lot of things that happened and he was letting yeah. emotion get the better of him in, in some ways. So I, I'm sure like most things, there's an element of truth to what he said, but maybe not as drastic as he was saying. Yeah. Now my last thing is, do you think he can stick around uh, with the pressure be on him with a five and six, uh, five or six win season second year? I think uh, they let him go. Yeah. Honestly, I, th- I think with five or six, I think with five or six wins, then enough of uh, you know the quote unquote powers that be. Yeah. will uh, will let be him go. To force him. I think you got to win eight or nine this year to stay. I, th- I think seven. I think seven is kind of your cut. And again, if if you go seven and five, it depends on what the seven look yeah. like and what the five look like. If you're competitive with Alabama and Georgia, but you fall short, uh, then that's one thing. But if you're barely squeaking out wins over teams like Ole Miss, uh, like the Mississippi schools, and you know. The t- uh, you don't you, Missouri this year as well. Yeah, Missouri. Yeah. Missouri is your your SEC opener, I believe. So, uh, and you just get dominated at Georgia and at Alabama. Then I, I think that Brian Harson gets let go, even if you win seven. But we've, we've been asked the numbers question so many different times, and we've asked every beat writer that's been on our show, "What is that number? If there is a number?" But I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head there, Brian. I think it's more of what did the outcome? What does the results look like on the field as opposed to okay, you've got to get this number to be safe. I think context is so important in all of it yeah but the best thing i think happened was that all and let tommy Tuberville go yeah and yeah because he gave alabama all kind of problems <laughs> for you you were you're pretty thrilled about that no doubt no doubt right, tony it's good to hear from you all right appreciate y'all taking the call all Thanks. right well, that's our buddy tony from tuskegee joining us on the program so I, I'm, I'm trying to look it you might up. I have to I, save this thought for after yeah. the break. But well, I'm just give a tease. They're, they're, well, I mean, they're just saying that, that you know, expecting another high school to open up by 2024. All right, yeah, that that doesn't shock me at all. No, it's growing. Yeah. Auburn is definitely Auburn growing, is vastly growing. A lot Fast. of imports coming in, like myself. <laughs> Thanks for the call. That was Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the phone line right there. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Sports call continues after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Get 
getting closer to best and worst of the weekend on this Monday. We do it every single Monday. What was the best thing that happened over the weekend? What was the worst? 887-3401. Toll free at 888 tiger 9 uh, We'll go ahead and, and, and share this worst for everybody. Obviously, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the Buffalo community with, uh, yeah, with yeah, what transpired over the weekend. That outright takes... Uh, the worst of the weekend for all of us. So we'll definitely try to have a couple of more lighthearted answers to that one. But um, just uh, evil, ugly, uh, every way you want to look at it, the events that took place over the weekend in Buffalo. Uh, Appreciate Tony from Tuskegee giving us a call a moment ago on the Auburn Bank phone line. Had a good number of calls. We know this time of year it can tail off a little bit. Not as many people excited because football is so far away and we know football is always the talk of the town here on the Plains but really proud of this Auburn baseball team. What they've been able to do is they get set for postseason play. One series left on the docket. But Tony's joining the conversation, Tom. It's football all the time. Yep. Uh, kind of looking at the, the size of Auburn and how it compares to other spots. Uh, and and I, that can matter what you're kind of working with locally as well. Because we're seeing yep. how big things are in Texas. We're seeing the population continue to uh, grow. We're seeing, uh, you know, the, the school at A&M accept more students. And, and right. that only helps. Well, and we mentioned Hoover in Alabama. You know, there for the longest time, Hoover was the only high school in Hoover. And it finally got to the point that they had to build Spain Park. Right, right. But now those two, where Austin Scott went to school, those are still growing. Those are still growing, flourishing, and you know, even with a second high school, it it will be interesting to see. Um, You know, right now it's supposed to be a new high school here in Auburn, uh, starting in twenty twenty four. What do you want to name it, Tom? Patrick Fain Die High School. I, I feel like it, it really would, it wouldn't shock me if it was I, yeah, I, I, named I, after something connected with the university. Yeah, I see I think it would be something connected more with the, the city, city and yeah. not the university. Yeah. Well, is is the university not kind of like the central hub yeah, of the city it, it of Auburn? Is, it is, but, but I mean two separate entities. Yeah, there there's there's so Maybe. much history within the city of Auburn. St- I just had the the nightmare idea of Stephen Leith High School. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um yeah, I mean there's there's so many uh, there's so many figures from the city yeah that's that, fair you know it's always so fascinating Tim to Cook High School see all those there things there you go yeah. there out. you go yes, sir uh, I think he would like to go back closer to Robertsdale uh, right. again he and Brooks Childress same alma mater which is just oh really Brooks Childress and Tim Cook one and the same yeah. I mean you confu- often confused for one another. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear Brooks. <laughs> no. What I was going to say, my dad, being a uh, former high school principal, uh, opened a school in Charlotte. And for the longest time while they were going through the naming process, it was just referred to as High School C in kind of the the voting uh, area by a board in the community that took place. And I would imagine that's going to take place as well from your board of education, trying to put voting out there uh, for the community in some form or fashion. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting to think about. It's, it's Auburn. What else is, is there going to be to right. so what I, communities can, can get some backing and that sort of thing? I'm trying to think of the schools I went to. Every school that I went to was named for the area, or every school in the area I was, was named for where it was. There was Houston County High School, right. which encompassed the whole county. I went to Perry. There was Warner Robins. There was a school called Northside. It was on the north side of Warner Robins. They called it Northside High School. Okay. Uh, But there was another one that got put up when I was a kid called Veterans High School. It was, I believe it was on 
Veterans Parkway. I can't remember, but they they really leaned into this is a military themed high school, and right. you know the lunchroom has uh, pictures of soldiers all over okay. it, and there's a they had like a Humvee in the middle of the cafeteria, and that was where they got their condiment, condiments Interest, from. Interesting. Um, so you know, I'm wondering, will Auburn do something like that, or will they? You know, I I love the. North side, South side, East side, West side naming convention. Right. Um, so it may, they may just do Central of Auburn, you know, like they well, did with Auburn C- Central Phoenix High City. School. Yeah, Auburn like Central that. High School, yeah. like they did yeah, with Phoenix think, City. Yeah, I, see, I don't know if they would do that. It, it is, it is super close to the yeah. other Central. Well, and and one thought is because an entrance is going to be off of apparently off of Highway 14. So the, where the new high school is supposed to be is like around the Richland Road Highway 14 area. Okay. Yeah. Highway 14 is also Martin Luther King. Boulevard. Okay. okay. So I can Martin see Luther King High School. You could potentially yeah. have MLK High School or Richland High School if it's off Richland yeah. Road. I don't know if they're going to go that route or if they're going to just come up with something offhand or if they name it after a prominent Auburn figure. Yeah. PV High yeah. School. Oh, let's go. Eight eight seven thirty four zero one. What is the mascot of PV High School? Nine, nine. I need to know that answer. Uh, big fat bald guy. <laughs> School colors. Uh, pale white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those uniforms are going to look great. I like I'm that sure. answer. Uh, All right, it's Matt just the fat daddy's. Auburn. It's just the fat daddy's color scheme. Uh, <laughs> Matt has joined us on the program. Hi, Matt. How's it going, guys? Great. How are you? Hey, JJ. I think your mic might be muted. Uh, Look, I fixed look, it. You, <laughs> it's always looking out for you, bud. Somebody's got to check you every now. Yeah, and I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, look, if we're naming it after a prominent Auburn figure, we all know that it's going to be Yellowfella High School. And <laughs> there you go. It's going to be a cowboy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm, all right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, G- Jimmy Rain High School. That's it. The mascot is the yellow fella. That wouldn't shock me at all. That really, but, but, we're well, saying that in jest. It wouldn't. Yeah, shock yeah. Me. Well, I mean, because he's he's from Andalusia. I mean, he's an Andalusia guy. He's that's not true. really an Auburn guy necessarily. Interesting. They're right, not Andalusia. Yeah. Abbeville. Isn't that right? Uh, that's not too. That's not too far away. Yeah, yeah. it's Abbeville. Abbeville, not Andalusia. Abbeville. That's where that's where Great Southern Wood is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's and and Great Southern Wood will be their their you know. Be Great Southern Wood Field at Yellowfella Stadium or something like that. There you go. But anyway, I had to I had to call and chime in on. The, I think that's a great idea. We like it. Prominent yeah. Auburn figure, Robert uh, Louder High School. school. Yeah. <laughs> just just somebody on the board, someone rich from this area. <laughs> and they end up. Your head coach is going to be, you know, Tommy Tuberville or Gus Malzahn or somebody yeah. like yep. that. They'll figure out a way to bring them in and. And everybody will hate them for it, but you know that'll be that'll be next ne- uh, Auburn University's next coach. But Love uh, it. The, so the the whole the whole thing with the like with the high schools in the area, like I know they're not as competitive, but I mean you've also got the Lee Scotts and the the Glenwoods and you know all of that in the area too. It's not just Auburn High School or Central High School or Smith Station High School, right? No, you're right. There are, are certainly other schools that, that factor in. It's, uh, yeah, more more schools than, than just Auburn High that gets all the praise. But uh, another one would definitely add to the dynamic. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That's, a second high school coming in by 2024 is not a surprise at all. Two years away. I mean, it, it should be here before we know it. And, and momentum, I would imagine, will pick up as we get closer to it. But, fellas, it's been a Monday. Y'all keep, y'all keep the show rolling. All right, we'll do it. Thanks for the call. That's our buddy Matt from Auburn joining us there on the program. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram 
at Sports Call AU. Ricky sent us a message at Sports Call AU, at Tom Peavy, at Brant Daughtry, and at JJ Jackson. Give some love to at Cam Barry for us next time, Ricky. And he keeps tagging the wrong Brant. Uh, he's is spelling it, your it, name with a D. Yeah, B-R-A-N-D-T is how yeah, most, you, you most people think Brant is and spelled. I will speak for Ricky and here. Typically, typically Brant is spelled with a D in it. Longtime listener of the program, our buddy Ricky, who's also a Daughtry. Uh, but I, I think he spells it differently, if, I'm, it, if does, I'm not mistaken. How does he spell it? It's, let me it do should be on quick, his profile. Let me do some quick research Because most people, most people see my name and think it is Darty or Daughtery. Right. It is Daughtry. I know he's still listening, so I'd love for Ricky to send us some more <laughs> tweets to answer a lot of these questions. But... Um, yeah, your sp- Brant isn't spelled traditionally for No, you. it isn't. It's B-R-A-N-T. There's usually a D before the T, which is weird because it's pronounced the same. Uh, and Daughtry just trips people up. No one no one can look at Daughtry and go, oh, I know what that is. Ricky Ex- is D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Okay, so there's an E after the H. Okay, so yeah, I think I think that is typically pronounced Darty. It, it might be Daughtry. Am I or like Daughtry? I don't know. We got You and I have to meet Ricky anyway because we're gonna wrestle and post that on <laughs> I social media. About that, yeah. I have not. I have not forgotten about that. I'm very excited to do that. Um, I forgot all about that. So we're gonna do that, and uh, we'll ask Ricky when we go up against each other. I love it. Uh, he said, "I didn't even read the context of his tweet." I'm realizing. Yeah. Uh, he said, "At Tom PV, what happens to Lochapoca when the new school goes in?" Yeah, well, it's another little county school in the area. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens because you'll be putting a school kind of over on that side. But, I mean, still Lochapoca, it's still county. Uh, it, I don't know what happens. Uh, it, it's up to those families out in that southwest part of Lee County on whether they annex or not. Um, the city cannot forcibly annex property. Right. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that go into like taxes. You know, do you want to pay city taxes or county taxes? Uh, different things like that. So I mean, you're you're still going to have folks that are going to be in the county, quote unquote, that will go to Lochapoca. Uh, but now, one thing that you are starting to see a lot, um, especially there on that southwest side of Lee County, near where my fire department is, a lot of that property is getting sold and annexed into the city. A lot of mobile home parks and things that have been out there, historic kind of the traditional mobile home park areas over there, getting sold. That land is being annexed. Those kids had been going to Lochapoca. Even though you're right in Auburn, basically. I mean, you're right there on the wire in the Wire Road area. Those kids, Wire Road Mafia. There you go. Those kids go to Lochapoca, even though they basically live in Auburn. Right. Um, because it's not annexed. But now as those get annexed, those kids would go to that new high school or to whatever new schools are being built in that area. But those that are still far enough out into Lee County that remain in the county, they'll still go to Lochapoca. Let me ask you a personal question. Have you always lived on the wire road side of the world in Auburn? Not, all, S- not always. Side of the not world always, is but it's I, so good. Yeah. It's but so accurate. Since 2000, yes. But when I first moved to Auburn, I lived over on a Dean. Okay. And then you went over to the wire road side of the world. Moved over to the wire road side of the world in 2000. Okay. And been there ever since. Been there. Same, been in the same condo. And you're still part of the, uh, yeah, man, I, I see no reason to leave. Yeah. (laughs) I see no reason to leave. I love, I love old wire road. I love it. All over Auburn. Let's go ahead and take our next break. When we come back, best and worst of the weekend here on sports call.
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's start to wrap up today's show. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here with Tom Peavy, Kim Berry, Brandt Daughtry. Hope that everyone is having a great Monday so far. We're I'm set not. to give you a best and worst <laughs> of the weekend. And do you have anything in mind? Uh, uh, absolutely not. Okay, good. Because I actually had to ask you a question during the break, but I decided not to because my question is going to set up one of the We're making for content. You. Yes, we are. All right. So, best and worst of the weekend. We do it every single Monday. Here's how that sounds. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Yeah, of so the good. weekend. Uh, your people appeared what what? Uh, what? Uh, what the hell your, your your people appeared on my internet timeline this weekend <laughs> you still have okay but clarification you, yeah, your like, people please explain and uh that being that your people my, i'm glad you asked me this and not camp my, <laughs> yeah. my chemical Damn middle ro- georgians <laughs> yeah yes tom <laughs> I want you to be proud Game of me that black. I remember this. Uh, <laughs> my Chemical Romance. Yes, my favorite band. Released a new song. They did. They, for the first uh, time in forever. I saw a 14 headline. 14 years. 14 years. And so that's your best and worst of the weekend. So was it a best or was it a worst? It was really good, man. Okay. Foundations of Decay. It's like six minutes long. And I think they're teasing six a new... Six minutes long? They're teasing a new album. I'm pretty sure. It'll be their first album. It'll be their first full-length album released since 2010, I want to say. They released something in 2013 um, that was kind of like a best of that had one new song on it that was really cool but the last time they released a new album was 2010 uh, and they got together at the end of 2019 and said hey we're going to start back touring again but they weren't planning on releasing any new music right or at least that's what they said uh and i think this is and then obviously the pandemic happened they had to cancel it all pushed all of that back like a year or two um but they are touring again and i think that they are i think that they're going to release a new album soon and i'm very excited how what did you think of the new song so i thought it was good i thought it was good the lead singer um screaming all throughout your 20s does bad things to your voice but he still has most of it he sounds different but he doesn't sound bad you know he still sounds good um and i i think that i think that it's going to be good man i mean they they lost their drummer their drummer's not a part of the band anymore but they've still got the the four main guys so i'm very very excited how i thought many, that the song sounded good how many this, times did you listen to it i've listened to it three or four times okay. i haven't gone through it a lot but i haven't just like listened to it over and over and over again but but I, more than once yeah yeah okay yeah. all right all right so that's a best for you that was definitely a best it released on like thursday so i don't know okay. if we're going to count it as a, a best of the weekend but i i did enjoy it i am very excited for what's going to come of it came that across song. my life over the weekend so we're going to count it yeah, it's a big deal man uh it's a big deal it's i know the, that's why i the, saw mcr i'm like wait this is what brant always talks yeah, about so he always talks about it. i've talked about it like maybe seven times around you but i talk we, about it with tilly all the time because tilly loves tilly loves mcr she's like me but you we, talk we, about tilly, it, tilly and i have very similar music tastes and you talk about it more frequently with Ryan. I do. I do. Ryan also enjoys that type of music. I mean, Angels and Airways, Blink-182, same, or not the same band, but the same front man. Yeah. So, yeah. I've listened, I, on... Wait, is that real? 
Yeah, the the guy who is the the lead singer for Angels and Airwaves. Yuri, the Yuri guy. No, no. Shame him. You're thinking of Brendan Yuri, uh, yeah, who is the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Oh, okay. Which is to say, now he is Panic the Disco because there is no band anymore. It's just Brendan Yuri. Okay. But when they started, they were a full band. Uh, and no, I, I can't. But the lead Tom, singer Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong was the lead singer of Blink One Eighty Two. Is now the lead singer of Angels and Airwaves. Ryan, check me on that. He's not listening. Okay. Um, I think that's right. Okay. I, I, but I, I have started listening to some Angels and Airwaves stuff since I, I learned that from Ryan that the lead singer of Blink-182 was now with Angels and Airwaves. And you're okay with it? Yeah. Okay, good deal. Yeah, they're good. Uh, Cam, your best of the weekend. Uh, best? I met my girlfriend's parents this weekend. Hey. Heck All yeah, right. man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, I think everything went really smoothly. Okay. Um, had a great time meeting them. So I really enjoyed that. So yeah, definitely definitely the best of the week. I mean, that's a win for yeah. all of us. Yeah, I like I think, that. I think I got the nod of approval. Okay. Woo! That's big time. Yeah. Can you top that, Tom? Uh, well, first of all, I was going to say if, if Brent's people are middle Georgians, <laughs> I guess technically I'm part of your people. <laughs> yeah. Technically, yeah, I, I was and born Cam's in, not too far in away. Middle Georgia, oh. so I'm glad to be part of your people. Yeah. Where were and, you? And by, and we stick together. Yeah, Milledgeville, Georgia. You always say Milledgeville. that. Yeah. Mill- Milledgeville, not, not far at Columbus. all from Perry. Yeah. Milledgeville, not far at all from Perry. Are you I, sure? Yes. Yeah, it's very... It, that whole Macon, Macon, Warner Robins, Perry... Milledgeville, the, all that area is Elko, Elko, I guess. Cluster. Yeah. Um, Elko? Elko is like south of Perry. And when people, the, the rumor about Perry High School is that it's super country and that the city of Perry is super country. And it kind of is. But that's, that's not where the super country people in Perry come from. The super country people come from Elko. The Elko is like farmland. No one lives within a mile of each other. Okay. That that kind of community. Yeah. Some some great people from there. Not talking down on them at all. Yeah. But when you talk about the country people at Perry High School, they're usually yeah. from Elko. And then you mentioned Tom DeLong. He's uh he's quite the UFO hunter now. Is he? Oh yeah. He's like big time UFO investigator. Yeah. So uh, best that doesn't of- shock me. Usually usually those punk those pop punk guys are like a little a little bit weird yeah uh best of the weekend for me it's definitely auburn baseball and uh and it was a sweep i i know they didn't play the third game get it completely done but auburn still won two and any sweep over alabama is good and that was a sweep over alabama in basketball and now a sweep over alabama in baseball and anytime Auburn beats Alabama, it's a good day. It's a great day. It's an amazing so, It's a great day to beat Alabama. Wish, it, wish they had gotten the third game in, but I will definitely take the two wins. So, always happy when that happens. Worst of the weekend, Tom? Uh, worst of the weekend would be the fact that, uh, I guess, the weather canceled that third game. I would have liked yeah, to have seen right. a three-game sweep. I'll take two, but I would really like three. And I think Auburn was in good position. Like I said, they were – when it got uh, postponed, when it paused uh, or delayed, bases loaded with one out and Brody Moore, one of your hottest hitters at the plate. You had to like the position that you were in right there. But Mother Nature had different ideas. So, uh, unfortunately, you didn't get to play the third game, and that's disappointing. And I don't like that rule um, that, that you have to start by 7 o'clock, especially when Alabama is just a couple hours away they bust over here it wasn't like they were trying to get on a plane and fly right. back to Fayetteville Arkansas or Columbia Missouri or even further they literally just had to get on the bus and go another couple hours uh, I don't like that rule I, I hate it uh, 
you know what? Especially when you're getting this late in the season, and for Alabama, I mean, this is a team that's trying to play their way into the SEC tournament. They needed that third it game. Cost both teams. It really did. I mean, it hurts Auburn, but I mean, it really hurts Alabama. When they lost those two, they desperately needed to try to get a win to help get them in position for uh, postseason play, and they didn't get that opportunity. And so I, I know all those players wanted to play, the coaches wanted to play, but I guess the league rules or whatever the heck it is say so you have to start by seven. And Mother Nature was not having it. So, yeah, definitely a worst of the weekend. You yeah. guys have a worst of the weekend? I do, actually, but I I'll, also let Cam, do. I'll let Cam go. I'll, all right. My worst of the weekend yesterday was, wa- mm-hmm. was watching Chris Paul's sons, watching Chris Paul's sons get beat like that. It really hurt. I, I, I do <laughs> like Chris Paul, dude. I like Chris Paul a lot. I really want him to win a ring. And so, you know, last been doing year, it a long time. Yeah, he's you know he's he had got, his thirty seventh birthday during the other, series. He's got all the other accolades. He's done. He does. He plays so well. Point guard. I think he's one. He, I think he's the best point guard of all time. I mean, just he's a, he's an amazing player, and and his understanding of the game is just almost unmatched. Maybe next to LeBron. Um, but to see them, to see the Suns get blown out like that at home. Oof. 37 you know he's 37 years old you're not sure you know he's got this three-year contract with the Suns, but you're not sure if that's gonna you know he's gonna be able to play through that and you know he was he's just getting old and you just see it and it just hurts me to watch because i really want him to get that ring you know i think that would solidify his career and so seeing that that was that was the worst of the weekend for me i'll tell you this we had the game playing at the bar last night and there a lot of folks weren't paying attention it was in third quarter and somebody commented they're like holy crap is that score right and i I had not been pitching. I looked and I was like, oh, dude, good. It was Lord. It's a game seven. Yeah. Suns had had 27 in the first half and Luca had 27 in the first half by himself. Yeah. 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 Somebody literally just, they didn't think, they thought something was wrong with the graphics. They're like, (laughs) there's no way that score is correct. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. Doncic. 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 Luca Doncic. What's your worst of the weekend? My worst of the weekend comes from Major League Baseball. The Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates, a series Uh, that most people would would not pay attention to. I'm not done. There's a story. Uh, It's not just the fact that those two teams played each other. Um, Do you know where I'm going with this? Yesterday's game? I I believe it was yesterday. It was Was yesterday. Was it it yesterday or Saturday? The no-hitter. Okay, yesterday. Thanks for burying the lead. Sorry. Um, (laughs) The Cincinnati Reds no-hit the Pittsburgh Pirates and lost anyway. (laughs) I yeah. don't understand. It was one to nothing. So I'll, I'll Cincinnati had four hits. I, I, I meant to look that up and, and yeah. try and understand so how that happened. Cincinnati so starter explain. Hunter Green went seven and a third through 118 pitches, which is an MLB Jeez. season high. Um, and he he walked two batters in the eighth. Right, eighth eighth inning, one out. He has walked two batters. The guy that replaced him with walked another guy. And then the next guy grounded into a fielder's choice, beat out the double play. So that runner on third came home to score. The only run of the game, the Pittsburgh Pirates did not record a hit and won the game anyway. Which begs the question, what are the Reds doing? Yeah. yeah. How do, how do yeah. you no-hit a team and lose? And still it's One to nothing, worst That's baseball funny. game of all time. It, yeah. it has happened before. It's very it's, rare. But I think it's it, six times. I think yeah. this is the seventh time it's yeah. happened in Major League um, Baseball history. Yeah, because the Reds only managed four hits and zero runs. Uh, I, I like the fact that I, I, I'm kind of a fan of Hunter Green. He's playing on a terrible team. Yeah. I like Hunter Green because 
I saw him play in Montgomery when yeah, he was with the really Lookup. He's really good. He's a young phenom. He, yeah, well, and threw 118 I, pitches. Yeah. Well, see, it's, it's a, a freaking marathon. And a lot of his pitches are over 100 miles per hour. I mean, yeah. he's got well, a ton of velocity. And that's the thing. So I still tell the story. I'm sitting there at a Montgomery Biscuits game against the Lookouts, and this pitcher comes out, and I'm just sitting there watching this kid throw. I can tell he's a bigger guy. And just something with the look of the way he was throwing, I was like, good Lord. I was like, that dude is bringing it. And I made a comment, and somebody behind me chimed in and said, yeah. He's like, oh, dude, by the way, he's already thrown uh, 101. And I was like, yeah. are you serious? So every time he would throw, I'd look at the scoreboard. I mean, it was 99, 99, 100, 101, 99. And then he'd break <laughs> off an 85-mile-an-hour breaking ball or something. And I'm like, who is this kid? And I like look him up. I'm like, okay, his name's Hunter Green. He's like phenom. I'm like, okay, I got to keep an eye on this guy. Made his major league debut this year. Beat the Braves in his yep. major league yep, debut. Yep. And now he uh, – Technically, has a no hitter, but he also yeah. he has a no hitter in and the a game loss. that and he a loss. lost. Yeah, well, it, it's not he didn't throw the complete game, but he you know he he did not allow a hit, but that yeah. one run was attributed to him. Yeah, so, so. he gets he gets the L with a no hitter. Yeah, that's why without without allowing a hit picks up an L. That's the Reds are an unserious organization. <laughs> Extremely. That's our best and worst of the weekend. Uh, you know, I'm going to give one quickly. We got 10 seconds left in the show, but I always love to highlight dumb crimes. Uh, Maine police arrested a man over the weekend for a DUI while riding a lawnmower. Uh, those yes. Happen. Public intoxication yes. and. Uh, it is yeah. a motorized vehicle. It is a motorized Please save the beers vehicle. for after you're done with the yard work. Uh, Brant, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Cam, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Tom, we'll see you on Wednesday, buddy. Wacky Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday, indeed. Hey, That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Smitty Grider for stopping by. Thanks to Kevin Ives for being a part of our program. Again, for Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.